la 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 Investing in the wealth, real generational wealth is mental health. It's an inside game, no toxicity. Let's talk and more listening. Ladies and gentlemen, and now introducing David McCullough, founder of Inception, the first mental health gym. La la la, la. inner wealth podcast. La la la, la. inner wealth podcast. La la la, la. inner wealth podcast. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Inner Wealth Podcast. Got a very special guest in the building. This is honestly before I even introduce this special guest, I had to really think about this. Uh, my business has been it'll be fifteen years in April, and when I first was about to launch my business, I uh, talked to my friend and I told her, I said, "Listen, I'm about to go out to Arizona." And I'm about to take place in this this company that has this piece of equipment that helps you to deal with stressors and traumas. And she was like, yo, that sounds dope. <laughs> like, Make sure you hit me up as soon as you get back. And I did. And today we're going to talk about that whole journey up until this date. It's my homie Angelica Chrysler. What up, Hi. though? It's so funny. You actually called me while you were there. I did. You did. Yeah. And you were telling me, I think you trained for three days straight. I trained for four, yep, four days. Four days straight. And then you called me and told me about your experience. And I was like, this is amazing. I got to hear more. As soon as you said that, I, it made me think about what I was doing at that time. I remember being in the bedroom and I did, uh, I had just finished my, probably my fourth day. And... Because, you know, before I was like, I don't want to say too much until I experience it, yeah. you know. And at that time, I didn't even know. Of course, I don't know what I know now. Yeah. I just have this idea about how everything is going forward. But that technology is our first technology that we started with, which is called uh, brain training. And so I brought that technology back to Michigan, me and my dad. And we opened up our business, which was called Neuro Fitness Center. And literally... And Helica was like one of our first clients. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you, outside of maybe one other person, right. you were like one of our first clients. And I was thinking, I was like, you're the first ambassador. Do you know that? Well, that's kind of crazy to, to think about, but oh my goodness, I am. Yeah. I, so can you, even, can you even remember what that felt like at that time <sighs> and where you were? Yeah, I feel light, light years ahead. I actually could never imagine myself in the place that I am now then because mm. that's how low I was in life, or mm -hmm. at least with myself. Mm -hmm. And I think you and I, we connected in that way because we were both trying to figure something out. Like there's got to be more. There has to be a way to heal what we're going through. And even though we had such different experiences, mm -hmm. the trauma that was caused to ourselves and our mental and our emotional and our spiritual and our bodies too mm -hmm. was the same. Yeah. And that's where we connected. And mm -hmm. when I first met you, it was so um, refreshing 
but also sad to know like there's so many more people that deal with the same things that I was and I think that's what happens you you start to think like I'm the only one mm-hmm. I, I'm alone in the world in all these traumas and all this grief and and you start to isolate yourself so it was refreshing to find out that there was somebody on the same road mm-hmm. and at least the same alignment of like wanting to find healing yeah and that connected us immediately yeah, and it connected us in a way that we were doing a lot of the uh, the book work. Yes. Oh my gosh, did you read this? I, 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 did you read? That? I just saw your post when you posted my book collection yes. on uh, IG right at the house, and so, but that's what we were connecting on was yeah. this book knowledge at that time. I mean, you know, you're talking about the Eckhart Tolle's the Power mm-hmm. of Now and stuff like that, and you know, we were in that realm, and I was dealing with anxiety and panic attacks, and I didn't fully share that with you at that time. Like I was dealing no, with it, but didn't. not to the level that that I was really going through. Right. You know, I didn't know how bad it was. Because at to that point, it's just like you still. As I think about mental health and how people think about mental health, about a weakness. Yeah. You know, and I and at that point in time, I don't think I felt a weakness from the the the, the thought process, but I definitely was weak in my body. Yeah. No. You're you're very you're in a vulnerable state. Yeah. And learning how to like express that and and right. And, and me, I was kind of opposite of that. I was like all emotion. Yeah. Always crying. Always mm. out. Everything was out, out, out. And like I just mm. needed to get it out somehow. And mm. you were that person. And I don't know. It was just kind of like a really interesting experience now that i know what i know too yeah because because <laughs> that language you you start off with talking about traumas we didn't we have didn't, that language not at all no <laughs> well, i i remember the first time that we started to like oh did you watch the secret because the secret was huge back then right um and then you know that's when i started to go okay what else is there what else is there because mm. like we were like this is something and this is a way to heal but we didn't know what, what it meant or what it looked like, what it sounded like. What are you like. healing, first of all? Right, or, or what we were healing. Yeah. I mean, mine you was... Just know bl- that, yeah. You just know you got something going on in your body mm-hmm. and something going on in your mind. I mean, obviously, that's 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 part of the whole thing. But it, until I went to brain state, I didn't have the understanding about mm-hmm. trauma in that way. I still thought about it. Get hit over the head, you got trauma. Right. You know? Yeah. Gunshot, you got trauma. Something you can see. Right. Something tangible. Car accident, you have trauma. Yeah. So I I think that was a big part of why I was like calling you like, yo, this right here is a whole nother level. And I can't even fully explain it. Yeah. There was something. It was it was very inspiring, too, because like in your your voice had changed Mm. from even the week prior from me talking to you and you saying you're going to go up there and then day four. And you're like. I experienced joy mm. and I was like, wait, what? What's that again? Because at that time I was going through my own mourning of my mm. parents that mm. had just passed. Yeah. And so I was like, joy, what's that? And so right. hearing it in your voice, I was like, I want that. Mm. <laughs> but it was so amazing because I was like so happy for you. And I could not believe that in four days that that's what I heard. Yeah. Yeah. You could literally hear it. Like you could, you were talking about things. You were excited. You were like, it was so amazing. Mm. And I was like, four days? Yeah. What is that was, this? That was an intensive. Right. 
You know, we do our boot camps now at Inception, which is an intensive form of that, but using many different tools versus one tool. And it's very, uh, you know, what's the word? Uh, Let's call it interesting (laughs) that I'm now doing this thing that I want to go do at this place in Arizona. Now Inception is that for a lot of people. Mind-blowing. Right? It's mind-blowing. It's like I went there to start a journey to end up doing that myself, and people are flying in from all over the, the country and the world to come to Inception and um, to experience what we're doing. Um, and for me, that that four days was just the awakening. Yeah. So let's talk about for you, because again, remember, yeah. I don't know if you remember, <laughs> at that point in time, I might have been... I don't use the word selling it because yeah. I'm not selling anything, right? Mm-hmm. But right. at the same time, the way that I'm describing it and our understanding of what we want to call healing, we thought we was going to train our brain and we just going to be good, right? Oh, right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Like one and done. <laughs> We're good. Right. Oh, wow. I remember. So I don't know if you still do this, but I remember the first thing, the first step was you gave me this form to fill out and it said like, asking personal questions like where are you at right now where's mm-hmm. your mental health how do you feel what are your goals what are your intentions and even at that point i was like my goal and intentions of healing i mm. where do you see yourself what do you what is what are you working towards and i'm like nothing because nobody asks those questions mm. and i was like Oh, okay. Now, years later, I'm realizing that's your your intentions. You have to put your intentions out there, and mm-hmm. you manifest, right? So, it was such a cool experience, just in general, just from the beginning, from the paperwork. Mm. And I remember, I think back now to those answers, and I'm like, man, I was in a hole, like a really deep, dark place. Mm. I had no self confidence. I had no no hope. No, no actual aspirations or goals or figure out who I, what kind of woman I needed to be to get to those goals. Because mm. I knew in that moment, I wasn't mm. in any kind of way. When it came to the way I spoke, the way I, um, I just researched I, literally everything. Like everything to, that helps me as an entrepreneur today or mm-hmm. as a business owner today, I didn't have any of that. I couldn't even yeah. figure out what that looked like. Or what it could be. So it was such an awakening. And like you were saying, it was just an awakening. Yeah. The beginning. That's that's, now when I can go back and really observe it. Yeah. That's what a lot of people are coming in and that's what they're getting right now. Yeah. That never have done this. It's the awakening and the expansiveness to let some stuff out and go and to pull you out of that deficit. Because that's what happened with me. Oh, yeah. That's what happened with you. It pulled us out of the deficit where we can continue the journey. Yeah. But, and, and, and being pulled out of the deficit, too, we, you got to deal with a lot of emotions. That's what I was about <laughs> to say. I was going to say, I was like, I hope people don't think that this is like a pretty process because it's not. No. It made me face some real stuff, even mm. in the in the first couple of weeks. Mm. And I was blowing up. I was shaking. I had tremors. I had like, I was excited. I felt anxiety. I felt all these weird things going on with me mm-hmm. that I never faced and never had to go, okay, it's time to deal with whatever this is. 
And I remember, like, we got into an argument. I was just about to say that. (laughs) (laughs) We got into the biggest argument over something so small. And I lost it. Mm. I went off on you in front of everyone in a business Mm. building. Like, Mm -hmm. there was so much coming out of me. And, And I remember, like, at the end, we're both crying and we're both like like i'm exhausted and you're like Mm. now let's go train and i was like what Mm. (laughs) and you're like it's coming out you know like this is a part of the process and and it is it's scary it hurts Mm -hmm. and you know it's a part of the process and i didn't realize it until that time and i was like it's all coming out finally Yeah, and and at that time I had a little bit enough of awareness yeah. to know, like, dang, like, yeah, you got some stuff coming oh, up, yeah. but and then my and then that triggered more of my stuff yeah. coming up at the same time, and here we are both triggered off each <laughs> exactly. other, but but and this is what people do in relationships, yeah. But for us, it's like this awareness to say, okay, because honestly, that could have been the end of our relationship. It w- I one hundred percent thought it you would know, be, you know, and it was just like. I had enough space to be like, no, this is what's happening for both of us. So what do we do from here? You knew what was happening with me didn't have anything to do with you. Right. And I had to sit there and go, everything that I thought I was upset about Mm -hmm. has nothing to do with him. And it was about family. Yeah. It was such a trigger. Yeah. Yeah. It was so weird. Um, but that was, a f- I think, the first time that anyone had sat and held space for me mm. and was like, and just waited, you know, and was like, okay, let's fix this, you know? And I was mm. like, <gasps> and I knew, I was mm. like, this isn't the end of right. our friendship. This right. is actually the beginning. Yeah. This is how we start and how we grow and how we move forward. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we've ever gone to arguments since then? No, I'm pretty sure we have. <laughs> we got heated? Uh, uh, Did we get heated? Yeah, some, oh. couple, couple years ago, something popped up, but we got uh, through that too. Exactly, okay, there it, we it, go. But it was, again, it just goes back down to that thing where, and, and the whole thing about holding space, I don't, I don't have any of this terminology at that point in time. No, this none of us do. This is just me naturally yeah. just doing what I think is the right thing to do. Yeah. Not that I'm following some method of, right. you know, let me hold space for Angelica at this time <laughs> as she processes her emotions because I know all of her stuff is coming up yeah. and she ain't in her right mind. <laughs> no, like, you... I don't, I'm not sitting there thinking that. No. Now, though, yeah. now I have it. But now, too, I make a decision on who I really want to hold space for and who I just need to let go of. I understand that. Woo. You know, like there's no more holding space after this. It's yeah. it's time to move on, yeah. you know, and that's not a bad thing. Not at all. It's just a necessary thing. Yeah. So during that time, you when you went through, and you can share, you know, whatever you like in terms of like some of the things you experienced that brought you to where you were. Mm-hmm. Um, but from that point in time, I remember like, like your whole world just changed in terms of like you just got up and you just started moving. Yeah. Like in a way, like I'm about to move. Yes. And it was like. Not I'm just about to move my body, but I'm about to move out of the state. Yeah. And I was like, really? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And you ain't been back since. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So tell that. 
Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, even though I didn't have, I definitely didn't have the tools back then, mm. mentally, emotionally. I was definitely still, you know, in a dark place. But I think just with the with the places that we were and the, and the, the road that you and I were on, um, you can say, like, we were ready to move forward. Like, mm-hmm. we were tired of feeling that way. And for me, I I don't know where this, this, I don't know, like, this motivation came from, but I said, I need to go. I mm. need to leave this space that I am, this environment or whoever. <laughs> like, right. I was in a, um, a relationship that ended, and we were still living together. And so mm. it was very, you know, it's weird, like, you can't live with your ex, right? Well, and, and, I don't know if you remember. I was like, you. I was like, you got to get out of this, right? <laughs> and <laughs> I, I felt like you were trapped. Yeah, mentally, mm. it was very. Um, it was a place I put myself in, and I realized that I needed to get myself out of that. Mm-hmm. I didn't have money. I didn't have furniture. I just had clothes and my daughter, and I was like, actually, there's my motivation. It was yeah. her. Yeah. Oh, I remember. I was like, we. And it's it's so it's it's so odd to be sitting here looking at her at <laughs> almost sixteen years yeah. old, and literally, I remember her running around the office saying, "Where's mommy?" <laughs> and I'm like, she she she's in there getting her brain trained. She said, "She's getting her brain trained." Yeah. I said, like, "Yeah, she's getting her brain trained." And then she, I think one time she told you. She did. She's she knew. Uh, she's been a part of everything. She's definitely my motivation, my inspiration. But um, you know, I just knew I wanted more for her than I had mm-hmm. growing up. Yeah. And I knew the only way to do that is to raise her around a good support system. Mm-hmm. And at the time, her father's family lived in orlando mm. and i thought well at least i'll move to florida yeah. i don't know exactly where i wasn't but I'll mad go. at you at all first of all yeah because you know i was living in south florida you was like i'm going to orlando i'm like damn <laughs> i, I want to go shop. too <laughs> you know yes. um but yeah it was like you know this thing where i thought you know you put somebody else and at the time that's what i needed to do is put her first and mm. and say okay um, I need to get better for her and for the future because I can't live yeah. like this anymore. And that's what I did. And so it was really sad because you had just opened. Yeah. And I was like, I cannot believe I'm leaving right now. Like, I wish I was could stay a little bit longer. But I did intensives. Yeah. I did intensives there every day with mm-hmm. me. And then I brought my nephew. Yeah. And when, how old was he? Ten. Ten. He was 10 years old, so he was one of the first kids. He, he was one of the first kids I trained. Um, at the time, he had, like, ADD. Um, well, that's what they were saying. Well, but. yeah, he's <laughs> just, you know, that's what we thought. Yeah. And well, we're like, yeah. we're like we, he needs help. We don't it, know what's it, wrong with him. It, well, <laughs> it was environment. Yeah, it was, you actually. Know? It was just all environment, and, and he's just adapting to mm-hmm. it. And You know, you fast forward 10 years after that fact, I... I saw him and I said, hey, man, I saw him different than what I saw him at 10 years old. This loving, happy-go-lucky kid, this all this energy. Yeah. And 20 years later, I'm we're in Boca Raton and it, the, the blinds are drawn and it's sunny outside. And I'm like, it's my first time mm-hmm. seeing him since he was 10. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing here with the blinds drawn on <laughs> one o'clock in the day of Boca Raton? It's sunny outside. After I saw that, I said, man, you got to come live with me. Yep. For a year. Man, I just, it's so funny because I'm just thinking about how connected we are. Yeah. It's amazing. So it was like, he came back and Tony now, man, he's, Tony is doing well. Yeah, he is. And know? now he's living with me. Now he's living, now he's going back to his you. At some point, he's probably going to be back this way. Exactly. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that, that started from that relationship. And it's amazing because years ago. when he talks about what he wants to do, it mm-hmm. is to be in this, in you know, in this business, not business, I guess this environment. Because he still has healing work to do yeah, for himself. Does. And he that's, does. that's, that's really what we're truly seeking mm-hmm. and why we typically want to be in this business. Right. Cause I, even though I'm in this business, I have my times where I'm like, ah, I've got it done with this business, you know, know. in its terms of, I, I can't be there in the facility doing what I used to, you know, that oh I gosh. was there all day. All the time. There were no hours for you. Right. So now it's like, no, I can do this business. I can work on the business instead of in the business. Right. And that's a transition that most business owners look for, right, at some point. And you are a business owner. So that's another thing, too, that we ain't (laughs) talked about is that. Because you were, you were, I forgot you were doing Mary Kay. You remember that? I was doing Mary Kay. (laughs) And you was killing it, too. You had the car and everything, right? Yes. I forgot, though, like, you you was a hustler. I was, you know, and it's funny because I remember um, thinking back to, where did I get that from? And I remember as a kid, I, growing up, you know, we had nothing. We were super broke. Um, and you, you grew know, up where? In, De- in southwest Detroit and on, on the west side of Detroit. Mm-hmm. So um, we just kind of bounced around Detroit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I eventually ended up in southwest Detroit, um, which is notoriety notoriety um what am i trying to say um mexican town yeah so you know i I spent most of my time there but growing up you know i you know my parents were addicts my father was uh an alcoholic Mm. uh and he wasn't necessarily a functioning one either he would he was a mess, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's how he dealt with his stuff. And my mother was a heroin addict since she was 16 years old. Mm. And, you know, she had us when she was 21. She had my older sister when she was 17. Mm. So she was a really young mom and, you know, dealing with all this stuff. So, you know, these are my parents. These are the people that are supposed to be providing and they just struggled from day one, you Mm -hmm. know? And so growing up, I kind of had this, this, sense of responsibility that the only way that I was going to get out of the situation that I was in was if I did it myself and yeah. I figured it out. And that sucks to think about when you're a kid, you yeah. know, like you, 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 you lost, you lost a whole period of safety. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. and being able to and feel security. safe and yeah. consistent and like, hey, I'm good. Yeah. So, you know, we were eventually taken away from my mother. We were put into the foster care system. Um, And, you know, it was a lot of transitioning, like what family member was going to take us. And Mm -hmm. uh, we were with this aunt for two years and we were with that, um, my grandmother for another four. And we we moved back and forth between here and Canada because my mother is Native American. So that's another thing we can talk about is Mm -hmm. how prevalent, you know, addiction is in that community. You know, and and so I didn't really understand her that way. I just knew that addiction was everywhere. Yeah. 
you know. Well, let's go look into it. It was talking about culturally. You're yeah. native, part native, Half Mexican, native American, right? Yeah. And Mexican, and right? Mexican native. And you talking about, you know, the, the addiction uh, from the alcohol and you talk about uh, the heroin. And so then we talk about black people in our culture mm-hmm. and addiction. Like addiction runs in my family. It's not that it runs in the family. Fucking pain. Mm. Runs in our family Numbing. from from slavery, yeah, and what mass what genocide. genocide, yeah. So it's not that. Then I think we have to start framing it this way. Addiction does not run in our family. You're right. Pain runs in our family from some people mm-hmm. who decided narcissistic system that they decided Mm -hmm. that they was going to kill you off and that they was going to enslave us and kill us off if we weren't going to be enslaved. So then you have this group that grow up that lives in environments where we're alcoholics Mm -hmm. and whatever drug addictions, whatever, but you pump, you pump the drugs into these environments too, Mm -hmm. because you already know they're in pain, right? Mm -hmm. So what's the quickest way out of pain? Numb. The drugs. The alcohol. Yeah. Escape. I, I get tired of this whole, oh, it, it's a disease. No, the pain. Yeah. that Dr. Gabor Mate talks about that. It's not why the drugs or the addiction is why the pain. Yeah. And since we don't, so me and you, we start early on figuring out the pain. Yeah. And an interesting thing is your pain was different than my pain. mm but it's still pain. Yeah, absolutely. The brain and the body still, whether you fell off a bike or whether you were abandoned, mm-hmm. pain and trauma happen in the body in the same type of response. So we had to go through this this unraveling process, you know, and, that, I, and I feel like I made it. And childhood for me was really good. You learned how to be a hustler through knowing that you need to survive. Mm-hmm. I learned how to be a hustler because I saw my dad, and mm-hmm. he told me at a young age, is, I remember the story, we were trying to go on a field trip, and they needed somebody to drive the bus for, you know, the field trip. I might This might have been first, second grade. And so they're like, well, we don't have anybody to drive the bus. So I, my dad, he volunteers, like, I'll drive the bus. And I asked him, I said, you know how to drive a bus? He said, man, I know how to drive a tank. And when what? and when you're a little boy Aww. and you hear that your dad says, I can drive a tank. And he then he, your he doesn't say that. He goes and drives the bus and I'm on a field trip and I'm standing next to him while he drives the bus. Mm. So that's just one experience. My dad is like, when you, when you think about a black dad and there's many of them out there where that, that Michael Jordan energy, that's in a lot of black dads. My yeah. dad would bet everybody. <laughs> I bet you I do this. I bet you I do that. And he'll go do it and he'll win. And I've met Art. You and, met him. And he is 100% like that. That's his energy. Yes. <laughs> that I, I grew up with that energy. And my mom is 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 on the same level that too in her mm-hmm. own way. They, they took their survival energy yeah. in these addict households yes. and turned that towards I'm going to overachieve. So I grew up in an environment where it's it's more safety and stuff, but I see that and I use that energy in that way. That's amazing. But you had to learn. You learned it in a totally different way than I did. Right. You know? Absolutely. But then you have to look at, you know, what are some of the things, the traumas that we experience that hold us down from really fully being able to use that in a way where you're trying to, you're trying to 
achieve to feel better. Right. You know? Yeah. You ever got stuck in that? Yes, I have. <laughs> it's like, just keep doing, 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 and that's my worth. And it's mm. like, no, it's not. It's, it's how you actually feel about yourself. And that took me a long time to learn. Mm. I thought, well, once I do this... I'm going to be happy. Right. Once I get this, I'm going to be happy. Once I'm in, you know, a good relationship, I'm going to mm. be happy. Mm. And I started to, f- and, and it's funny because it's very cliche for us to say, like, you can't find happiness outside of yourself. It's only in your within yourself. And you're like, yeah, but what the hell does that mean? You know? And then you realize you get all those things and you're like, huh, I'm not happy. That's interesting. Where's my happiness? Mm-hmm. And then you realize your happiness is boundaries. Your happiness is healthy relationships. Your your happiness is, you know, how peaceful you find how you how peaceful you feel and how you can find joy in everything. Well, and that's the level of gratitude you're talking about. Because you, you have to be grateful for those small right. things. Otherwise you keep again, you keep wanting more. You become insatiable. There was this, uh, there was this cartoon, this Looney Tunes cartoon back in the day with this, these two, it was a mouse or something and a, or two dogs and they would rob these like eateries, whatever. And then the big one would always say, man, do you forget the gravy? And then one time he brought him, he was always asking, did you fit to forget the gravy? Uh-huh. There's one time the dude, the little dog like set him up where he was like, I didn't forget the gravy and he just kept. Pumping him with gravy, man, to the dude this guy's super huge, man, about to blow up. He's like, no, this time I didn't forget the gravy, right? Because this dog just had a this desire. I need the gravy. I need the gravy. This yeah. is a funny cartoon back in the day. I can just remember that cartoon and seeing it that way about, and at that time, visualizing that mean about gluttony. Ooh, yeah. And that's something we've been talking a lot about on the podcast is because we're going through a time where, everything you can have everything all the stimulus you want and it's still never enough right do you know that that's funny because during covid the first lockdown um that was my biggest lesson Hmm. uh i had access to everything but nothing nothing to do so i realized i was literally just consuming i was buying stuff i was eating stuff i was drinking Hmm. (laughs) i was doing Anything and everything to be okay alone with myself. Mm. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not used to this. I'm used to being up, getting up, going, having things to do, talking to people, you know, communication. And this was the first time that I had to sit still with myself. And I realized the patterns that I basically ignored because I'm so busy doing life, you know. And all these little patterns were like consumption is what's going to bring me happiness. And it was... All these things that now I'm here a year and a half later, and I'm like, so many changes have to be made from that. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of the times people don't have the capacity to look at themselves and go, okay, this this is what needs to be adjusted. Or this is what I'm doing wrong. Or that I want to change. A lot of people don't even get there. You know? And I think through, especially what are we like, almost 15 years later, this mm-hmm. process, because this process doesn't end. Just because I'm, I'm saying this, like I said, every time we say something positive, it's, it's not that it was easy. 
It sounds very simple, but mm-hmm. it wasn't easy. No. I still fall back into my own negative ways, my own negative thinking, wanting to consume, consume, consume. And I have to go, okay, that's not it. That's not your happiness. Mm-hmm. So I still deal with things. It's not like I just all of a sudden, whew, I'm healed. Mm-hmm. This is over. I'm finally going to be happy for the rest of my life. No, it's like literal work it's on some ongoing. days. Yeah. And then some days it's easy. It's well, like, if you liken it to fitness, Mm-hmm. It's pain involved building yes. the muscles, right? Oh and gosh, we were both heavily in the fitness yeah. at one point. You know, it's pain involved into building those muscles. Yeah. But the studies show that to to build it is one level. To maintain it doesn't take. It takes. I think it takes not even a quarter of the amount to maintain. Nice. So. No matter how long, how much as it's gotten, you know, as I go through the journey, there's still more. Mm-hmm. As you get stronger and those levels get more, to maintain it takes less because you know how to let stuff go a lot sooner, too, Ooh, when you're yeah. dealing with stuff. Because you have the space now to be like, yeah. you know, like, yo, that's cool, but I don't need it. Right. Yeah. Like, you can't, you, I can't go into a store and be sold anything. Because I don't need anything. Mm-hmm. Oh, you need this. No, I don't. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know what analogy I always remember from? I, and you taught me this. This is something that you you would say. And I don't know where you heard it from, but it's always in my head. Mm. You always say something about like a cup. And I'm going to... Mm. I'm gonna. Butcher this. Okay, go ahead. Get your version. I'm not very good at (laughs) telling jokes or anything. (laughs) Um, But you have a cup and it's full of trauma, right? Mm -hmm. And then once you start learning your tools and you start learning your, I'm going to call them healing modalities because I know that that's what they're called. Mm -hmm. Um, But back then I didn't know that's what they were called. I just knew like things to help you feel um, better and healed. So all of a sudden you start, you know, working with these tools and that that cup of trauma starts getting smaller and smaller. Mm. And when trauma comes up, now you've got a little puddle mm. in that cup. And now you have all the tools to take care of that and go, okay, I mm. see you. You're mm. still there. Mm-hmm. But I have all these tools to deal with you now. Yep. And you're not going to consume me. Mm-hmm. And then that's something that I always have to remind myself. Like, you have the tools. You've been doing the work, you know, like you're in a good place, start making good decisions. And once you do that, once you start to experience those, those longer spans of, of peace and happiness and joy and, oh, I I can get through that. I got through that last time. I can get through it again this time. Mm -hmm. And, and then you, it's like rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat until it starts to feel like normal. And then the traumas don't feel good anymore. And you're like, okay, I know what I got to do. Mm-hmm. I know what tools to use for this. I know what tools to use for that. You know, and it, it's just really cool. I love like when we actually have conversation. I'm like, have you heard of this? And you're mm-hmm. like, yeah, of course I have. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, I tried it and it was amazing. Like when I first started tapping. Oh, EFT, emotional yeah. freedom technique. Yeah. I've done a lot of that early yeah. on. But what you're talking about is the emotional container. Right. Oh, the emotional container. Yes, yes. the emotional container. and And I got that. I believe I got that either from Lee Gertis or David Braselli. I can't remember. Oh, but from, from the beginning. From the beginning. Yeah. Um, the emotional container. And I, I I did that same conversation at the Detroit Poli- Police Department. I talked oh. to him about it. It's like if you have that cup and 
one, people are, that cup is spilling over. You're right. Because they don't have, they don't, they don't have the ability to pour the cup out. They don't have the ability no. to regulate their nervous system. So that cup just stays continually running over. Mm-hmm. So when you meet people and, oh, road rage. No, that's a full cup. It's not yeah. road rage. It's a full cup. Oh, my gosh. Burnout. You no, explained it so a, much better. It's a full cup. Yeah. You're, you're trying to do more and you don't have, when we talk about the first tools, the mm-hmm. first tools are not the modalities. The first tools is here. Your resources, your internal resources. Mm. And if that cup is full, your internal resources are tapped out. Right. You ever tried to, you know, you, you open a browser and you have 10, 20 browser pages open <laughs> and times, your stuff me. is going slow. Yeah. So you, from a technology standpoint, go control or delete, hit the button, um, task manager and Mm -hmm. you can see pull up your task manager you can see how the computer resources are operating in real time yeah and you'll see damn why is my internet explorer chrome whatever you use using all of my resources well damn you got 50 tabs open Mm -hmm. you got to close some tabs out yeah and it literally that's how it is with our nervous system the brain the body is so revved up from the still charge from that trauma that because you know, people are using the word trauma now, and they just oh, so they so new to trauma. Yes, and I don't want to have this bougie trauma moment. But we start. We were talking about this 15 years ago, and we were learning it from the brain body standpoint. Yeah, yeah. We did brain maps, mm-hmm. and so we can literally see on this map your cup is full. Yeah, and all these people came in with full cups. Yeah, and we would train them. And that nervous system will regulate. And all of a sudden, you're back to normalcy. Mm -hmm. You're back to humanity. You're back to what's called co-regulation and safety. Mm -hmm. And then when you get into safety, now you got your internal resources back. Now you have to figure out, and you had to figure out, and I had to figure out, well, now that I got my resources back or I got more space, what am I going to do? Oh, I'm going to go move to Orlando. Yeah. That gave you enough space, enough belief in yourself. Ooh. And the belief was already there. That It didn't right. give you the belief. You already had those beliefs in yourself mm-hmm. that you're going to take care of yourself and you're going to make it. Mm-hmm. You just needed some space to be able to use yeah. your body and your vessel yes. and to say, well, I'm packing up and I'm going. Remember? Absolutely. Remember you had to get a car? You remember that? I just, <laughs> I just packed. got a car I, and everything. Yes. Remember that? I went and I was like, I need to buy a car. I'm going to go lease one. Yeah, I can't. I can't believe they leased me a car, <laughs> but I filled it. I filled it up. That's all I had my whole life. Fit in a little two door sporty car mm-hmm. and my kid in the back, and I moved, and that was scary. And I, I, it took me a long time to, um, it took me a long time to adjust, longer than I thought it would. And it was amazing because I felt even lonelier there because mm-hmm. then I didn't even have friends. And yeah. I, I mean, I had, you know, yeah. a circle, which mm-hmm. was, you know, I will always appreciate. Um, but there was no actual foundation or connection with these with these people mm-hmm. until obviously time passed on. But in the beginning, I was a mess. I was sad. I cried almost every day. Mm. And it was difficult because... I never wanted my daughter to see that, you know. She mm. was she was a happy kid, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is what right. childhood." Why, why are you crying, like? mommy? Yeah, I don't want her to like <laughs> yeah. caretake me. And there's another word I learned in therapy. Mm. 
you know, and that's what we do. We put, you know, what I see is like some mothers, what they do is they put, or parents in general, they put their emotional uh, baggage onto their kids. Like, Mm. oh, you're there to make me feel better. You know, they Mm. don't realize they're doing it. No, Mm. I'm not saying it. People are like terrible, but they use their kids as their source of happiness. Mm -hmm. And I just never wanted to be that. So I started to put up a wall and go, okay, this is my stuff. She can't see this and this is not going to be about her, Mm -hmm. you know, and it took me a couple of years to get through that. But, you know, I never stopped. Like we, I started coming back here and I remember when I really broke down there. And And when you broke down there, that's when you, yeah, you came up and you spent about what? Like three months. Three months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, I need, I need to get back to yeah. that little space of freedom and joy that I felt. I need it back. And mm-hmm. once we went through those three months and I was training with you and I even came back home for the first time, like I went to the reservation and I spent a month out there mm-hmm. um, with my family and I felt like this instant recharge. And I think that's what people don't realize is like, healing is an action Mm -hmm. you have to get up and do something and i didn't have money so it's not like i could go spend money on therapy or you know whatever so i went to my family and i went Mm -hmm. to my friends and i was like i need your help and i think that's another thing people don't do is they don't go i need help well to be honest with you a lot of their a lot of people's families and friends right. is the reason why they're in the place that they oh are in. You know, the trauma that point. they're in. So it's like, what am I ask what am I gonna ask them for? <laughs> yeah. But asking help from the people who actually can give it to you. Right. Uh, that is such a good point. So I think it's that more is. that's the point you're trying to make. Not so much about asking help from your family, because it's not you may not be able to get it from your family. And you're that's right. the case, then you need to learn how to be okay with that real quick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Real quick, you have to, Absolutely. because we a lot of us will be mourning our family. Like I wish, I wish so and so was just like this. I wish they were like this. And I used to glamorize certain cultures, you know, mm-hmm. like whose grandparents had, yeah. you know, was in their lives and stuff. And I'm like, yo, my mom and dad, like, listen, my mom and dad's phenomenal. Far as I'm concerned, mm-hmm. I grew up in Detroit, and they grew up in, you know, very, you know, not so great environments, but. They had a little bit enough space to be like, yeah, my kid's not going through that. Um, so I appreciate them. And that's like, that's that. You know what? If I ain't got nothing else, I had that. Yeah. <laughs> but along the way. Right. I was mothered and fathered by other yeah, mothers and fathers. Yeah, I was going to say that too. You do. You do. You eventually find people that you align with. And mm-hmm. that's important. And mm-hmm. that takes action as well. Because yeah. um, I know when once I get into a deep, dark place, I f- initially just want to isolate. I don't want to talk to anyone. I go, I, I'm in a, in a deep depression. I don't want to speak to anyone. I don't want to tell them what I'm going through. I don't even want to talk about it. I don't want to face it. Right. Mm-hmm. And then... It takes like just this glimmer of hope, like maybe this can change. And that's mm-hmm. when you reach out and you realize who actually is there for you. And you're surprised because you're like, oh, wait a minute. This person actually cares that much to listen or help mm-hmm. or do anything. Just be there for you. And right. I found, thankfully, that friendship in you as well. Mm-hmm. And so I was able to come back and work on myself. And from then my life changed. As soon as I got back to Orlando, what happened? I made some very difficult decisions. I had to find roommates because obviously I wasn't, I didn't have any money saved. I wasn't making money. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a job. 
Um, I was homeless, basically, you know. Um, my, thankfully, my daughter's father was taking care of her, so mm-hmm. he was definitely helping through the process. So always, you know, gratitude to the people that got me here, mm-hmm. you know. But at that point, I had to start over literally all over again. Mm. Um, my car, I think, broke down. I didn't have a license anymore. Like, I had no money to do anything. And I just was like, uh, can I live with you guys? Can I get some roommates? And that's kind of it. I had to start all over. So even though, yeah, I'm, I'm you know, thriving finally, it, it's literally like you, you take two steps forward and then three steps back. And then you go, okay, can, I know that when I took those two steps before, it worked. Right. Let me do it again and this time see what happens. But I had my, my cup wasn't overflowing anymore yeah. because I did the work, you know, and mm-hmm. I took care of myself and I made some really difficult decisions. I had to humble myself mm-hmm. and be like, okay. Well, and the things that are in that cup too. Yeah. Because what happens is you... You need to um, you need to empty the cup, but you got to understand what is it that was in that cup that was kept bringing it back up to the surface anyway. And a lot yeah. of times it's certain relationships because you're still holding on to yeah. unresolved wounds from parents that you're still trying yeah. to fulfill. And you think if you let this person go, you let parent yeah. go. It's really, it's just... Is is not just um, man. It's not it's not for the faint of heart. No, you know everything that you described now. Took because I I was I wasn't there, but I was there. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying with you mm-hmm. in my own journey and your own journey, and we were both on the opposite sides of the tracks, moving forward in the yep. way that we could. And I got stuff that was happening along my healing journey. Yeah. Like I didn't just come in to just do these tools and like oh amazing. Like, I never tried to share in that way. What happened for me was, damn, yeah, I had anxiety. Mm-hmm. I had panic attacks. Now I don't have to have three anxiety attacks of the day. That's a lot. You know? Mm-hmm. Or or when I'm about to go somewhere. I was a high-performing actor at that point in Florida. Basically. Stage, on the stage to the point where I, I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting up there. I used to be thinking, like, how in the world did I do this? Because I'm so anxious right now. It's because my cup was spilling over. And I need mm. to, I needed a, I needed like a needle to pop that bubble, mm-hmm. you know, of the anxiety. Like, but then I'm feeling it. Yeah. And it took me literally, it took me 15 years to be here now. And along the way, I can see things that I did that helped me. Mm-hmm. And so then here we go. <laughs> All that knowledge that it took. All them years, now I can sit back and I can be like, you need to do this, 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 this. Okay, so here it's so funny because I was literally on my way up here. We were driving from Nashville. That's where I live now. I eventually moved out of Orlando. But uh, we're driving up here, me and my daughter. And I said, you just got to listen to me when it comes to like relationship advice because Mm. I messed everything everything up in so many relationships Uh, and it's so funny how many times she comes to me and she's like you're right you're right you were right you were right and it's like and this goes with all relationships personal relationships mm -hmm. um friendships friendships with family Mm -hmm. and i'm like i've been through it all and i messed them all up and i also healed them 
you know, in my mm-hmm. own way mm-hmm. and realizing got to points with certain relationships and certain people where you're this, you're there, you're there. Everybody yeah. has their own space in my life mm-hmm. or you have no space at all. And before I just wanted love. So every I let everybody in. Mm. Everybody was, I'll, I'll take it from anyone and mm. I'll take it in any way fo- or form. And I was like, now that, you know, I'm older and wiser and 15 years later and I look Mm. back and I go, oh, that was a mistake. Don't do that. Or this looks like that. Don't do that. You know, and Mm. so that changed me incredibly as a mother. It, It made such a huge difference when I could apply all these principles and learn from all of my my mistakes it was an absolutely incredible journey because now I have this amazing child who anyone who meets her, they're like, what did you do? How did she become so amazing? And I'm like, I'm writing a book about it. No, I remember when Valencia <laughs> was like two, two, three years old, like just some of the stuff you were like <laughs> teaching this girl at two or three. She's very advanced to be two or three. <laughs> she don't even remember. She's no. sitting over there. It's like I have this 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 recollection and this it always like you've seen these movies like, girl, you know, I used to change a diaper or something yes. like that. Like that, I have one of them old head moments where I'm like, girl, you know, when you brought me that glass of water when you was two years old, that I have one of those moments, you Aww. know, that. But I'm like, she don't remember any no. of that. Mm-mm. But I do remember that, again, she she was around brain training equipment and yes. stuff at like two, three years old. You're yeah. in the energy. You're in the environment that's talking about these things. Right. And and. You start to learn and grow, and now mm-hmm. you're sharing that stuff to her. So she has a different understanding of trauma that most Absolutely. people absolutely just now starting to come into, and she's been hearing it about it for a long time. Yeah, you know, and, and it's been acceptable in our house. It has been something that we can talk about, and we mm-hmm. can explore, and we can. It's funny, like. When, when she talks to her friends, they're like, don't therapize me, you know? And it's mm, like... That's what they say to her? Yes. Yeah, because they, they know she sees stuff. Yes. That's when people want to say that to you. Oh, yeah. Oh, don't, don't, don't psychoanalyze me. You mm. mean don't see you? Right. It's you for who you are. Because I see you. Oh, yeah. Mm. I see you, everything yep. you're doing. And it, it doesn't have to be about a judgment. That no. I'm, I'm, but I'm seeing you. It's an observing, observance. You like, should be observing. You understand. I'm not saying overanalyze, right? But I'm definitely analyzing. Mm-hmm. When I go to the gas station, my head is on a swivel. <laughs> I don't care where I'm at. I love that because I'm not like that at all. <laughs> no, no, it's it's a it's a it's a Detroit man trait. Okay. Yo, I don't care where I'm at. My head is turning because Ra's al Ghul from Batman. He said, <laughs> "Always mind your surroundings." Yeah. Like I need to know what's around me. Me, I'm a I'm an energy person. So if something feels off, I'm like, all right, it's time to go. Mm. You know. So I am I'm yeah. not. You know. I think maybe women are more. I think men. Like no, men are like that too. Okay. I'm, I'm I'm really like that. I mean, we go into a facility. We go into like I, we went to the Nas and Mary J. Blige concert, and I went with uh, a couple people from my dance community. Love couple of them, couple of them, some white ladies, and they wanted <laughs> to go to the thing. And I I told my homegirl Lucia, I said, "Look, I'm gonna give you the cue of when it's time to be out." Okay. And she's telling them like, "Yo, y'all need to listen to David. Listen to David right now." I said, "I'll give y'all the cue because when I start seeing when them drinks start hitting, yeah." You know, we coming out of we coming out of uh 
uh, Auburn Hills. I can't remember uh, amphitheater or whatever. And mm-hmm. like, I'm like, I'm gonna give y'all the cue. And I saw, yo, she ain't she ain't doing no more drama. I said, well, what? after she do no more drama, we gotta go. Nas, uh... Nas already done. And I said, oh, oh, okay, I'm seeing people. No, we we gotta go. Mm-hmm. It's like you know. Because yeah. you know getting out of concerts and stuff is wild. Absolutely. So we always like, it ain't nothing that great for me to stand stay at the end unless I'm about <laughs> to meet Nas. And, that's, and then I'll just wait till everybody go. Yeah. But I'm leaving early. That's just a, you know, that's just yeah. a skill you pick up. And, and when you start doing that healing work more, you start to become more sensitive to mm-hmm. things and people. Mm-hmm. Like, I just heard what you just said. Like, did you? Ah. Oh. What you just said and what you just did was so incongruent. Now, now I'm storing that in my head, not yeah. meaning I'm going to do anything with it right now, but yeah. you start to collect data <laughs> on you know, people. It's amazing. I like somebody uh, new just started hanging around us. And I remember um, they said, you know, you and your daughter constantly talk about trauma. Mm. And I go, do we? I'm like, oh. Mm. Are we just, because, you know, I, and I, I don't know if it's like some, uh, just an after effect that happens, but we do. We notice everything. We start to talk about it. We start to look at ourselves and going, oh, th- I know where that came from. Mm. And I know what this looks like or or why society is this way. Like it starts to become a whole topic about everything is about trauma but it's also about healing. And I didn't realize it was coming out so much. And it was just because when you meet somebody for the first time or you spend time with somebody for the first time, you're like all these little light bulbs are going off, mm. green flags, red flags, mm-hmm. light bulbs, you know. And when you're in that space and you're trying to, you know, see like, is this person a good fit in my life or not? Mm. You pay attention, you know. And I realize that... It's an advantage, but it is also, it's like a blessing and a curse, right? Like, you see everything now. I, I definitely, <laughs> I know I know exactly what you mean. Because in the beginning, my body, and, and now that I sit here with you and I go back to that time, our energies were both yeah. in a very, uh, I don't know, it's not broken. That's not the Chaotic. right word. But it was, it was, our cups were filled. Yeah. For sure. Right, and they're in and they're different ways, mm-hmm. and they're manifesting in their different ways. Because now I sit here, and I'm like, man, we're a totally different place than where we were when we first oh, <laughs> first met you. So now I'm like, I go back to that that place, and I think about how sensitive. Because I had just went to Arizona too. After that, I was like an open wound. Mm. After that, it's because I came out of freeze. Ah, uh, I. And, and when I came out of freeze, that's when I started feeling the more anxiety because you got to, yeah. because again, you're pouring a cup out. So in the pouring the cup out, this, this, this stuff hitting against that glass, you know what I'm saying? Oh, it's, yeah. it's coming up and out. Yeah. And I felt all of it. And it took me years to go through my body layer by layer and start to try to rebalance and reconnect pieces of myself and because of that now I have such a contrast that if somebody say Dave you sensitive I'm like you're right mm. but I ain't Ralph Trasman sensitive <laughs> <laughs> I 
I'm sensitive because I'm aware to the suit that I live in, yeah. the body that's a has a peripheral nervous system that's sensitive to your environment, that's sensitive to what people say and what they do. That's waking up to your yourself and mm-hmm. having the awareness. Mm-hmm. And I had to have the contrast, though. I don't get here and have this contrast without feeling not well and right. sick. And that's the difference. That's the power of doing the work. You, you gain contrast. And when you start going back that way, you're like, oh, no, 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 no. This is going the wrong way. Yeah. You know, you if you if you put in your GPS and you start going a certain way, your map is like rerouting. <laughs> like, you got to go back. No, go. And if it's, that's the only way you can go, it's going to keep telling you to go back that way, even though you're going the wrong way. Yeah. That's your internal guidance system. Mm-hmm. And each time you came up and you did these services, you got a little bit more space, a little bit more space. So now I see it. It's not about the healing, per se, in terms of the word of healing. It's about the space and the letting go of the bullshit you picked up that blocks you from being who you really are to begin yes. with. Yes. Because you're just conditioned yes. by the environment. Absolutely. Um, you know, what I was telling you is that I've, I finally started writing again. I've been writing a book for the last five years, right? Really? Yes. And especially since after, after I spent time here, mm. everything opened up. You actually had me write a journal, right? I did. And I started writing and I thought, I could do this. Because I mm. even now, I, I think I still have it. Um, I, I reread it maybe a year ago and I was like, oh. That's what was happening with me. And I would be curious to actually, I'll probably put it in the book too, just to share. Um, But, you know, I'm going back right now and I'm rewriting this stuff and I'm, you know, I'm feeling it again because you're Mm. like, oh, it's coming up. But it did not feel anything like it used to before. It was like happy tears or sad tears, but it's okay. I'm here now. It was literally Mm. like I was getting through those moments so differently than I ever have because I'm revisiting from, from my, so I remember one time I did this thing where you do, you're supposed to pick like your most traumatic memory in your childhood. And mm. then you sit with that, per, with your, with your little girl. Cause I'm a girl or I identify as a girl and I'm sitting, you know, you sit with her and you comfort her and you tell her you're mm. safe. And I, I remember bawling and this must've mm. been two years ago. Right. And I'm like, I'm a mess. I'm writing about this right now. Mm. And I'm okay. Mm. I'm a little sad because I was like, oh, I feel, God, I wish I could hold her, mm-hmm. you know, and comfort her. And then I realized I can. Mm-hmm. I am here. Yeah. And I am comforting her and she's safe and I'm her safety, mm-hmm. you know. And then I start writing about that that part of the story. Like, yes, it's a sad story. But this is also basically how I have gotten through it. You know, mm-hmm. like this is this is my map. And so what I just, you know, I love writing, which mm-hmm. I f- find is amazing. Um, everyone has their outlet, you know, and that is mine. So I decided, OK, I'm going to write this book and I'm going to talk about my experiences. But mostly I'm going to talk about my healing. And I started to look and I'm like, wow, a lot of it's really, really sad. But it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know why? Because it was sad. Yeah. But I'm. You know, before it would be. It was. It was sad. sad. Not that it right? is sad because right. is would imply that it exists. You're right. 
you know, it's that's the, the thing. It don't even exist anymore. No, so it where, doesn't. It only exists in your body. Right. You know? Yeah. That's the story yes. that we're still holding on to. Is, right. That's what I can tell you. You got to do the work inside because you're still holding on to things that don't even you know, that don't even exist anymore. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. And I look at those pages and I go, yeah, that's what happened. But mm. that's not where I'm at. I am now. Yeah. And I remember like when I used to tell that story or, mm. you know, to anyone I was close to or anyone, you know, like my personal relationships and I would be a hot mess. Mm. I would just completely break down. And now, you know, here I am and I'm realizing that this story is now a part of healing, but it's also something that I'm proud of mm. that I got through that and mm. that there's so many more people that have or are going through that and they don't they don't think there's a way out and they they don't think that there's a future you know what the way above. out is though is interesting you said that cuz the word somebody I told somebody something I said man cuz something happened to me recently when I was I was going through stuff mm-hmm. and one of my Dr. Jake man Dr. Jake has been around me for a minute at least 5 not 7 years and he's seen me go through some things in business, man, because because mm. I would go to him and go get an adjustment, go get my nutritional testing and all that stuff right with him. And, you know, he knew it was something that was just happening at that moment. And I said, Jake, you've seen me go through a lot. I said, but the one thing that you can say is that you've seen me go through it. Ooh, yeah. You didn't see me stop. He said, man, you're resilient. Mm-hmm. Because that's not going to stop me, Mm-mm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so the words that you said, people going through their stories, the only way out of it is to go through, through it. it. Oh, my gosh, you, yes. And you have to acknowledge what it is you're going through. Like you said, that little girl who was mm-hmm. sad and these stories are sad, they were sad. Mm, were. And you got to acknowledge that they were sad. Absolutely. And that they were messed up. Yeah. But they no longer exist now. Right. Now it's a part that you have to integrate. So you take that energy mm-hmm. that was present, mm-hmm. that your nervous system got all flustered about yeah. and tried to defend and do all these things. That's that's really the gift. Yeah. Because you now have that energy inside of you to would move. Again, we talked about moving from post-traumatic stress to post-traumatic growth. This is a thing. Ah, uh, I so don't this think is, we've this, talked about that's that. That's what's been happening within your nervous system. Uh. You've been... Moving from post-traumatic stress. Because when I met you, you had post-traumatic stress. Oh, absolutely. Right. So when you say, now when I revisit it, those triggers aren't there. Why? Because you've transformed that energy into something else. Mm -hmm. That energy no longer exists in you the same way that it did. Mm -hmm. If it does, that means that's where you need to go and address. Right. And here's the thing. When I do find those triggers still affecting me today, I see them and I go, oh, I know what that is. Mm-hmm. Time to do some work. Yeah. Because it is. It's constant work like we keep talking about. But I love that like you use that like to go through it and that it was the past and things like that. And I think that's really important for us. Like the wordage that we use mm. is so powerful. Mm-hmm. And and I have been practicing that for probably the last year. I really got into deep meditation about a year ago and I could never sit still focus Mm. do any of that before and then I found you know we find we find our our way that we can do it and I found Mm. it and I started to find myself 
even at night. So say I had a really hard day and at night I'd go, okay, sweetheart. You know, I would say all the things that I want to hear, thought I wanted to hear from other people that would make me feel better. And I say them to myself out loud. I'll lay down. Okay, sweetheart, you had such a long day. It's okay. Everything's gonna be great. Like it's, you know, you, you did amazing today. And, and I talk to myself in a very like terms of endearment, loving, beautiful, like you, you look so beautiful today and everything. And, and tomorrow's going to be just as amazing. You know, I had, there's sometimes that I have to, you know, talk to myself like that. And I don't think we talk to ourselves like that. No, you know? we can't have positive self-talk right. if we have negative self-talk. Well, you, okay. <laughs> you know? like, Good point. You can't Good have point. positive self-talk if you have negative self-talk. You know, yeah. if you've been experiencing certain things and haven't been put in certain arenas to understand how to nurture right. yourself or to begin to parent yourself. Yes. And I want to go down this this uh, rabbit hole. Yes. Beauty. Because mm. your your business devoted to beauty, and you've been in the beauty industry for mm-hmm. a long time, mm-hmm. and but at the same time, I know you've had like, I'm sure you had some adversarial moments with it because that yeah, industry as I a do. collective pushes women to have negative self talk. Absolutely. Like, oh, you know, like, let's, let's adjust that. Let's, let's change that nose and let's change this, this wrinkle or Mm -hmm. this gray hair. (laughs) So I was going to ask you like what you have the gray hairs and, you know, most people in your industry would say, why you didn't dye your hair? Mm -hmm. I think it looks good on you. And it's kind of funny because now like the artists, they're like, oh my gosh, I love your strip, you know? And I'm Mm -hmm. like, really? That's cool. Thanks. Because it took me a long time to get there personally. Mm -hmm. It took, um, so three years ago, oh, I also do, which, you know, you can, like I said, we find our ways of healing, but I personally, in my uh, culture, we do ceremonies of healing, healing ceremonies. And Mm -hmm. I've talked about this with you before. Um, It's a four-year process. And I remember um, I was talking to the medicine man and he said, you need to stop coloring your hair. He's Mm -hmm. like, he's like something, he's, he felt a presence of like pain in my head. And he was like, I need you to stop doing it and i was like i'm a hairstylist like (laughs) you can't ask me to do that i Mm. color my own hair at home in front of the mirror to get rid of that gray strip you know and so for me it was vanity you Mm. know that's all it was Mm. and i went through a really really difficult relationship when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. And so many things were happening in my life, and business was scary you know Mm. like it was just everything and i remember like my hair started falling out 
Mm. Like I um, I I might I must have lost about half of my hair. Wow, because you have it, a lot of hair. I do. You know, because you be trying to put those little. <laughs> Man, I forgot all about that. <laughs> it was brain trainers, girl, try to put those sensors in her hair. Sensors. You brought you brought those uh, clips. You clips, man. Your hair, man, your hair was thick. I know. You can barely fit it in there. I forgot so, all about that. Fast forward to mm-hmm. this time in my life, and mm-hmm. I've lost half of it. Mm. So, um, I, I kept thinking, oh my gosh, you know that medicine man told me not to color my hair anymore and i said okay i did it for seven months and then i go i would look at myself and i go oh my god you're so ugly you look so old you know and i started coloring again and i remember going back to sundance that's the name of the ceremony it's a four-year commitment so i think about my my fourth year it was Mm -hmm. my last year um that year my intention was to heal myself and to love myself because you go into your ceremonies every year and you work on that for a year. Mm-hmm. And so when I came out of Sundance, I go, now's the time to work on me. And I did. And I started to let it grow, mm-hmm. you know? And I remember probably, I mean, it's been a year and a half now. No, two years. It's mm-hmm. been two years. So it's almost fully grown out all the way to my ends. Almost all the color is gone. But I remember looking at myself and having to tell myself, like, you're still beautiful. Mm. You know, like that's gray hair. Right. That's not you. Right. And I think, uh, and it's really sad because I think that's like you were saying, where I start to find that that push and pull about you know, yes, I am, I'm, I'm, you know, enhancing people's features and I'm, mm-hmm. you know, doing changing them, quote unquote. Um, and I realized for me personally as a brand, I realized that that's not what I'm trying to push. What Mm. I push is I'm just bringing out what you already have. And then it becomes more about the experience. Mm. How do I make you feel when when I'm in your presence? Do I make you feel beautiful? Do I make you feel self-confident? Do do you, are you happy? Are you excited about your day after Mm. you leave me? And it becomes about this connection that I make with my clients now. And I've taught my team this too, you know, like, who cares about the makeup? Who cares about the hair? At the end of the day, it's how do you make them feel? Yeah. Because I could like put blue lipstick on somebody and I bet you I can make them love it because of how I make them feel about it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you, and and so I started to look at beauty a little bit different for the industry. It's like, it's more about how we feel about ourselves when we look at I, ourselves. I, I, I remember, man. Sorry. What? A, Tell me. We had a... I remember, man. I had a I had a uh, photographer come in and, and shoot some pictures. And yeah. I remember you got on me so hard. You like you need to edit these pictures. And I, I was did? like, yeah, because oh, I was like, there's nothing wrong with them. No, they need to edit these pictures. Like, oh, it's no. a difference between modeling, editing, and and, and I was just like, I was on it. <laughs> but but from a, again, we gotta understand yeah. from a man's viewpoint mm-hmm. and a woman's viewpoint, we don't see the you same don't. flaws that y'all see oh, because we're on. not programmed right. the same. And some cultures now, mm-hmm. some cultures do uphold their women to that that same standard that the woman is at in terms of you 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 got on this you know fingernail polish and th- yeah. that need to match that. Yeah. I ain't looking at that like oh you. Right, <laughs> that don't even match like Cat Williams. Oh, that's plum and peach. Oh, oh I can't even mess with you. I don't even want. I don't exactly. even want to holler at you I'm no done. more. I'm done. <laughs> you know, like we don't look at those things, but I, we are very critical. 
the internet though. Oh, so yes. how how are you? How are you? We got Valencia over here, who's, yeah. who's super beautiful, and Aww. how is she? But how is she? How are you helping her be able to navigate this you this know, new world? Is is nasty when it comes to women and what y'all supposed to look like. Ten thousand yeah. surgeries a day <sighs> in Miami. This is. Again, I almost signed I up for one of those. Trust me. What you were gonna do? What I was gonna do all of it. Really? A whole mommy makeover. You was about oh, to get yeah. the BBL too. All of it. Oh man, you was yeah. about to come out here just looking like a whole nother person. Witness protection, huh? <laughs> <laughs> like who is this? Who girl? is that? That's a helicopter. <laughs> what? Where so did that come what's, from? What stopped you? Um, it's so funny. Uh, I wanted to do it after like a breakup. Mm. You know, and I think, trust me, like, you know, when like women have a breakup, yeah, they're like, I want to cut my hair. See, trauma, trauma, y'all always doing something. You got a whole yeah. change of your hair. Yes. Yeah, you got traumatized. Tra- change your hair. So mm. I always know, like, when somebody wants to cut off like 20 inches of their hair, I'm like, did you just go through a breakup, honey? And that's another cool thing is like, as a hairstylist, you connect with people differently. So mm. I had the most amazing experience of being able to communicate with people in that way and for them to Mm -hmm. trust me and be in that space. And I think that helped me so much as a mother in general, because Mm -hmm. you can't judge people there. You, you, you either sit there and you let them vent or you ask, do you want my advice? And I Mm -hmm. realize that that's huge. That another thing that people don't ask either, you know? Mm -hmm. And so here we are, you know, I I have this teenager and, She's looking at herself going, wow, I don't look like anybody, you know, and, you know, we're in a predominantly white, you know, school and she's like, no one has curly hair and no one has my skin color, you know, and it's for her. And I'm sure this is it, 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 whether you're in that environment or not, you're still going to always look at yourself and think. If I had straighter hair, if I had curlier hair, if I had darker skin, if I had lighter eyes, if I had this and I had that, right? Mm-hmm. And it didn't really hit until she actually went to middle school. And she was like, man, these girls are wearing highlighter, contour, eyeliner, mm. lipstick. Mm. They're wearing, you know, all this stuff. And I go, okay. I go, is that what you want to do? And that's another thing. Like, I, th- we have to give our kids choices. We can't just be like, you can't wear makeup. You can't have a boyfriend. You can't drink. You can't. And it's kind of this thing where I go, you have to you have to give. And I know this is not for all kids either, because I know some kids just you mm. let them make decisions for themselves and they're just going to go yeah, off the no, deep end. But from a from a from man yes, perspective, no, nah, you ain't wearing that makeup. Right. So for me, <laughs> well, here's what I had to do. So this is mm. this is what I did with her. I said, um, you know, when you go to school and you don't have makeup on. Do you, do people talk, you know, still talk to you? Mm-hmm. You know, do people think you're still pretty? And she's like, yeah. I go, okay, okay. Now let's talk about the girls who do wear a lot of makeup. I said, do you think that they're pretty? And she's like, yeah. Where are you going with this? Okay, what happens when they come to school and they're not wearing the makeup? What do people say? And they go, oh, are you sick? <laughs> are, are you tired? So now you got to maintain that Absolutely. standard. So I go, yeah. I go, so yeah. were they pretty before the makeup, before they started doing all that? And she's like, mm-hmm. yeah. I go, so do you want to wake up every morning 
and put makeup on to be accepted? Or do you want to just every now and then when you're doing something special, throw on a little bit of eyeliner, a little bit of mascara, you know, Mm. like just to kind of spruce things up, make it more fun, make it an experience rather than I need to look a certain way for other people to accept me and to go. Mm. You look beautiful. Yo, that that right there, that's powerful right there because that goes back down to moderation, you know? Absolutely. And like, so there was a young, it was a guy on, um, not young guy, but it was a guy on uh, Joe Rogan. I can't remember this guy's name. He's into the psychedelic realm and he talks about, you know, his coffee journey and getting off of coffee. Mm-hmm. That he did no coffee for 90 days because mm-hmm. coffee is a drug. Mm-hmm. And he came back and he did, he said, he gave himself a day to do just a little bit of coffee, and he was way more productive. He ever been? It was like he didn't have the ability to use coffee in the in the way that it could be used because right. he was abusing it. Yes. So when you think about the makeup, the makeup is a it's a supplement. Mm-hmm. The problem is we we coming out here trying to make a full on <laughs> like what do they call it like uh. What was that movie back in the day, man, with Tom Cruise? Mission Impossible, where they oh, would do the whole... Yeah. Like, you a whole different person. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to get you sucker. This movie back in the day with Damon Wayne. Do you remember that? <laughs> I do. When she was taking the, the booty off. And, and remember that? <laughs> Even then, we were kids and we saw that that message yes. was there. Yes. That message was there that... Yeah. Do you, he, she taking, she taking a leg off. Oh and by the time he got down to it, he was like, oh. <laughs> so, but imagine yes. that message at that time. Yeah. It was nowhere near where it is now. Mm-hmm. So however you present yourself to mm-hmm. me, if that's the standard, mm-hmm. then now you have to uphold that standard. Yeah. Every time I see you. And it's the same thing with the hair situation. Yeah. A lot of women can't do anything without like the, the hair. And it's like... Man, like mm-hmm. just just let it go. Yeah, do it. I think I think the women that I've seen who've gone natural, I'm like I I never, I don't see an issue with your hair. You don't see them differently, but we do. And it's so funny because men, I I think men think that we dress up for you guys. No, we I, dress up I, for I, each other. No, right? I know that. <laughs> you know that. I know that okay. because men don't care. Right, but women, we we're like we're dressing up for her because we want to look better than her. The, the psych- so... But the psychology is not even looking better than her. A lot of time is that you don't want to feel looked down upon by her. By hers. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, y'all police each other heavily. Oh, absolutely. I mean, y'all do look. Here's the award show. The dude walks by we don't care about him. Bring in the woman. Mm-hmm. Well, what she got on? <laughs> what is she rocking? Mm. Y'all police and they they that is right there. That is a systematic yeah. way to destroy y'all. Mm-hmm. And if you keep partaking in it, then you're going to be in it. So let me tell you why I decided not to do surgery. Okay, yeah. Go to tell me I that. I completely forgot about that. Yeah. Um so I was going to go through my breakup or I went through my breakup and I thought well, I'm going to show him what he's missing, which was so stupid. Because, mm. like, he wasn't missing. He wasn't missing that. No, because you, you we're he, not together. Right. But, <laughs> but he, he, couldn't so, be, he couldn't backwards. be missing the new you that you were going to get anyway. Right. Because he never had that right. you. And I was like, watch what I do, and uh, then he's going to really regret it. Right? Okay. Oh, God. This, saying it out loud is so embarrassing. Uh, um, but, you know, I th- that was my psychology at the time i thought you know i'm gonna enhance myself and then he's gonna really regret it 
But I think that's what we think. All the, all women think that. Like mm. at some point in time, or they feel like if you change the outer, the inner is going to change. Okay, I'm gonna be more self confident, or I'm gonna I'm gonna bag somebody better, and this and that and the other, da da da, you know. And I got to this point where, and it was after the pandemic, and I started to meditate. Mm. And I started to be inside my own head and spend time with myself and kind of recreate, I don't know, I, I want to say this outward identity that I had, mm. but I was starting to recreate it inside. Mm. And I started to go, wow, I really don't care. Mm-hmm. Like, what's going to happen? I was like, I, and then I started to look at myself different and I would look at myself in the mirror and I'd be like, wow, you look so pretty today, you know? And, and like I said, the words of that, that affirmations of yourself Mm. affirmations and stuff like that, it wasn't a thing before Mm. until meditation, you know, there's so many layers, like we were saying of the healing. And that was another part of that healing that I went through. And I started spending time with myself and not associating myself with anyone else or my healing or happiness or joy with anyone else. Mm-hmm. And once I started to do that and I started to be within here, I was like, okay, I don't, I don't need a different body to be a different person. Because even if I have a different body, then who's to say they're not with me for my body rather than me, you know? And here's the thing. If I really care about my body, I'm going to eat better. Mm. I'm going to exercise again. I'm going to do all of these things. And I realized when I took those those self-love, self-care, whatever, things out of my life, um, that's more importantly when you start to feel low. Like yeah. you want to be accepted. You want to be chosen. You want to be Well, that's loved. important. Self-love, self-care. Yeah. Because here's the truth that we've been trying to get people to throughout the uh, the ages in terms of spirituality and all this motivational stuff, mm. um, philosophy. Your body is a pharmacy. Mm. It creates all of your emotions. Right. Nobody ever made you feel anything. One hundred. Because your body is just, there's a stimulus. Mm-hmm. The body creates a response based on the perception mm-hmm. of the stimulus. Mm-hmm. So as you go and you say, I want the, the Brazilian booty or whatever. Mm-hmm. I want the, the, the tummy tuck or whatever. I don't want all these things. And you say, okay, you want all these things. So why do you want all these things? Well, because I want to feel what? X, Y, Z. So when you look at it, when you look at that equation, you don't care about the booty and all the other stuff. You care less. What you want is the outcome. Right. Which is what? To feel better. Yes. But who creates the feeling of the better? You. So self-care. Self. self. self Self-love. Yeah takes you down a journey to start to understand and how to create the emotions you want in your body without the middleman. Right. We said it in the last episode episode with me and Julian. We went down this whole track, but that's what it is really is. Mm. So now when I sit back and I have an anxious moment about something in business or whatever, and I'm like, so 
what's going to happen once you get there? Mm. Now what? Yeah. I'm like, oh. Like, do you feel any better now that you got there? Were you trying to use that? Yeah. Are you literally going to hold your breath and not breathe until you get to that right. event? Now right. you can live again? Now you can breathe again? Yeah. What's the whole thing? Waiting to he- excel? <laughs> yeah. Emotion and breath are highly connected. Yeah. And a lot of people that are holding their breaths. A lot of people are holding in that, that I don't want to say the ability, but they're holding in their emotion where they really could feel better, but they're waiting for something to happen. So that gives them permission to say, you know what? Now I made that million dollars. Right. Now I'm going to be happy. Mm-hmm. This goes back to what you said in the beginning. Yeah. I got the, I got the butt lift. Now, now I'm going to get all the attention. And the question is, what attention are you going to now get? Right. And, and you know, here's <laughs> you know? the thing, you know, I, we, we have to think about it too, is like, where I'm not trying to bash anyone who's had it done yeah. because it's like you're that's your journey and if somehow some way it does make you feel better it's going to be short lived you know cuz it's like it we do become insatiable well a friend of mine she uh she just went through her journey of taking her implants out cuz they were making her sick and that's becoming a huge thing <sighs> So it's not it's not a it's not a conversation about hey you're bad for wanting to have all these things done. It's simply an awareness to say for you. Yeah. If this is where you are and you did these things and that happiness still ain't there. That's a take a hard look at what we're saying. Right. You know, cuz oftentimes and I've again I've worked with a lot of these people now. Mhm. And again, I'm not even against doing anything to your body do whatever you want to do right but don't come to me afterwards broken down (laughs) (laughs) talk about i don't know why i ain't happy it's like you know it's like well you know (laughs) do you really want to well do you really you want the truth or you want something to hold you over right you know and that's and that's that's the hard truth that we have to go down to understand what am i getting programmed to do yeah. Who's doing the programming? That was it's really hard. It's really difficult with social media and even with my daughter like we've you know we've talked about um plastic surgery. Mm. You know like oh would you ever get it? Like can I get it when I'm older? And it was mm. like ooh we got to we got to be okay with this. We have to be okay with this and that's what like what's going on now is health, right? Mm. Oh, you know, you got to do this and do that in order to be quote unquote healthy. But these are medicines. Nobody says, okay, in order to uh, change your pre-diabetic disposition, you need this, this, uh, you need food, you need mm-hmm. uh, some sunshine, you need some supplements or what anything. Like It's like we don't have that conversation often. Why? Mm. We don't talk about the self-love and the self-care. I think it's just become this thing where it's like, oh, let's take a bubble bath and <laughs> yeah, feel good. Yeah. And that's going to, no, no, no. Self-love and self-care can be getting therapy. Mm. No, that is, that that is, I mean, obviously there's components that go right, into the course. self-love category, but those are, those are the biggest components that get you back down to understanding the subconscious and understand why you even want what you want. Yeah. So then you won't have to go waste the money. Thank you. On yeah. something that you really didn't even want that. Yeah. 
You just wanted the outcome. So what's the, the least path of resistance to actually getting that versus, you know, going down this whole road of changing your body or whatever. And now you got further health complications years later because of it. Yeah. That you was know? definitely one of the fears that I had, especially like, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's just I'm a worry war or what, but I thought, oh, my gosh, what if the anesthesia like <laughs> kills me? Well, anesthesia, we, we, you know, me and my dad, we brain train after we get out of any type of mm. anesthesia because it, it, it really compromises your nervous system. Mm -hmm. You know, your body is not like, yo, this is just anesthesia. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it goes back down to, again, what we're talking about is, is, is having a space to be able to uh, be able to observe your consciousness. Yeah. You know, to make better decisions. Yeah. To be present. To be present. In the beginning, we were, again, we were we were overwhelmed. Yeah. And I was doing pretty good in my overwhelm. You were? But I knew I wasn't doing what I could be. Right. Because I had a level of what I want to call of, uh, in my mind, excellence. Yeah. And I was like, uh, I can't even go out the house right now. Yeah. Like, without, like if you tell me to come do something, I got to project yeah. About how that's going to be. Because you saw it. You saw, like, your parents. You saw, like, what it looked like. Yeah. But it didn't feel like in inside of you, you know? Like, you knew what success, how to be successful, how to be uh, focused, how mm -hmm. to be ambitious, and how to, how to be outgoing or confident, right? All these things that are on the outside. But when you don't feel that but inside. But I didn't, I didn't know right? how to integrate the, the negative aspects. Ah. Uh. You know, yeah. how do you integrate the being talked about and certain things that you start to experience when you grow up, you know, yeah. uh, abandonments or rejections and things? How do you how do you process those things? Mm -hmm. It's easy to go through the easy stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's what's happening, too, with a lot of different uh, people raising their kids where they're trying to shield them from everything <laughs> negative. So then their their nervous system doesn't have a, a, a opportunity to push back against something right. and to regulate and to grow. So I just shielded you from everything, right. and now your your nervous system, and now you you're in this cancel culture, because yeah. you're trying to cancel everything that comes against the nervous system that keeps you feeling a certain way. Mm -hmm. Like no, you're threatening me because you just said something about me that I don't like, and now now everybody got to come down upon you. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like ah, that's not how the world works, man. Mm -mm. You know, it's very interesting because when we talk about the kids, I remember one time I started to notice that my daughter had tics. Like, mm, I remember that. She would, you know, turn the light switch on mm -hmm. and off or walk yep. in and out of a room a couple times. And I called you and I was like, I think my daughter has OCD. Mm. And that's when I first said, oh, my gosh, I'm how did I F her up? <laughs> you know, like, what am I doing to her? Right. And I noticed that around the time when I first, when I broke down and I had mm, to come to you, you were, after yeah. three months. So when I went home, even that affected her. She felt abandoned because I left. Yeah. You know, obviously now, you know, she's so thankful that I did that, but she still has that processed in her where she feels abandoned mm. and she had to deal with loneliness and she had to deal with all of these negative aspects because of what 
I went through. Yeah. And so they were pouring out into her. So that generational trauma was very close. You know, it mm. was we were still living in it. You know, mm. I care. I pushed all that onto her. So it started to show up in different ways. And she had OCD uh, tendencies and she was doing this stuff. And I thought, oh, my gosh, how do I fix my kid? Mm. You know, she's this amazing human being. She's smart. She's happy. She's so talented. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all these really cool things. But then you started to see the emotions and her trauma start to come out. And I got, oh, God, OK, I screwed her up. What do I do? So fast forward to last year. And I it, I had already gone through four years of therapy, of talk therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, that was just another thing that I wanted to just experience and really dedicate myself to. I said, you mm-hmm. will dedicate one year to this. Mm-hmm. You will not stray. You will do it, right? And because of that, it turned into four years until the fourth year. And I was like, I'm good. I'm ready. But in those four years, I learned so much of how I was affecting my daughter, mm. you know, and that helped me become a better parent. And then in turn, she recommended a ther- a child therapist for her. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, she says, you know, most kids, they won't they won't be okay with it. Like they don't, they don't want to talk to a stranger. They barely want to talk to you sometimes. So how Mm -hmm. are they going to, you know, and I, she says, you know, first you need to approach it this way. Hey, do you, you know, if you want to try this, we can do it for one month, once Mm -hmm. a week. Right. So Mm -hmm. four sessions, we'll do it one month. And if you don't feel comfortable anymore being here, if you don't feel like if you're done, you can be done she's good so she you know after those four sessions my daughter felt like this was something i wanted to do mm-hmm. so i actually don't even know how long how long were you there how long did you do therapy like four months yeah, like four or five months. So let me tell you. So this is a child who has been living in this world of healing and quote unquote trauma and, you know, all these modalities. And, and the way that we talk is always about like connecting and talking about the things that are happening within our bodies and our mm-hmm. emotions or in our words, mm-hmm. in our environments, our relationships. And then she meets the therapist and the therapist is like, I have never met a child like you before, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and it's because Number one, I didn't shield her. Number two, I was very honest with who I was and why I was the way I was. And what that did is she built compassion towards me, but mm. it did screw her up because she's still a kid. Yeah. You know, and that's not something she needs to be responsible for. She does I, not I need learned, to be responsible for I learned for about me. my parents' things probably within the last 15 years. Ooh, as, whoa. As an adult. Way into so, adulthood. So, yeah. So, no, I didn't. I'm I'm kind of glad they didn't share all that stuff with me as yeah. a kid because that it was a lot. It it can it can warp. Yeah, you, I don't say it, it's just about safety. And if you're, you're right. hearing about a, a lot of stuff that happened right. to you, this man, I was drugged down. The, you know, yeah, like yeah. and you're thinking you were you were drugged down it's the street. Over, why did they yeah. Why did they do that to you? And you it's know, overstimulation. You don't want to hear about. Right. The bad things that happen to you, because vicarious trauma is a real thing, too. Absolutely. You're telling this story to me. Mm-hmm. You know, now as an adult, my mom started sharing some stuff with me about, you know, uh, my dad's childhood, her childhood. And I'm just like, man, and that's why I say, man, like people's parents, like if you see how the parents behaviors are, go into that childhood and you'll understand why they act in the way that they're acting. Yeah. They ain't just mean to you or a dick to you mm-hmm. just cause there's some stuff that happened. They ain't seen some stuff. 
you know, experienced yeah. some stuff that got them right to where they are. And that's a hard pill for a lot of people to swallow and start to understand that your parents did the best you could with what they have. And when Absolutely. I posted that on Instagram recently, mm-hmm. of course, there's going to be a segment of people like, no, they abused me. They they did this and they did that. Like, there's no way they were doing the best they can with what they have. But then you go into their childhood and they were abused and yes. they were molested and they Absolutely. were all these things. Like, no, they did the best they can with what they knew. Yeah. And if they knew a bunch of trauma stuff, then trauma begets trauma. Absolutely. So that's where that statement comes from. It doesn't mean that um, that's they did the best they can with what they knew in terms of consciously. Right. Unconsciously, they did the best they could with what they knew. And if they, again, they knew the trauma stuff, if they experienced a bunch of it, then they're going to pass that on to you. Yeah. You you experienced that from your, My your, parents. your parents, right? Mm-hmm. And you had to go through that whole process of understanding that. Yeah. Were they bad people? No, not at all. Exactly. Not at all. They were actually opposite. They were amazing and they were very loving, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I... So I did my my best with trying to understand parenthood in a different a different light, a different understanding, um, and accepting certain things about myself that I was doing wrong. And that's another thing. A lot of parents mm. don't go, okay, time to change up. You're, this isn't right. And I and I am so thankful that our relationship is so strong that we were able to navigate through that and she was able to and of course because i'm her mother and she looks up to me so she's gonna follow but i realize that that's an even heavier responsibility when you are carrying all of this trauma because it's like let me let me take that baggage from you honey that's not yours that's mine yeah and for her to see me go through my transitional my transition of who i am today like she's like man you are nothing like you were in, mm-hmm. When not when she was young, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and same thing, you know, when she was talking, uh, you know, to her therapist and what she was going through, and 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 all of that's between them. And but she shared a couple of things with me, and and it was it was so inspiring because I realized that I even though I didn't give her safety in certain times throughout her childhood or I overshared or I asked, asked her to care, caretake me. That's a good word, over, overshared, yes. right? Yes, and that, you know, I asked her to take care of me that, you know, I was accountable and I knew, I was like, sorry, I apologize. Not only do you deserve um, respect, but you deserve the trust that that your mother can take care of herself and yeah. that your mother can now take care of you better because she's taking care of herself, you know, yeah. and there's, there's that separation then. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now you can go ahead and be a teenager. You can be a kid. Yeah. Mom is going to take care of everything else. And it's right? not even about just a teenager. Cause I remember, I remember those early days when yeah. like Valencia was very advanced because you did, share things and then it was times where I felt like I don't know if she should know that like I, under- <laughs> right. I understand what right. you're trying to do right. but I don't think she should be knowing these things and then she becomes this little adult early, right. early on right. like Valencia has been like a little adult very early on Absolutely. I'm like why are you so old like <laughs> not old like a grandma but like why no. are you so mature like yeah. you're too mature right now like yeah. at 10 years old like what are we gonna do and like like what <laughs> doing like you're 10 <laughs> like 
But when you start that oversharing, like mm-hmm. with my mom and my dad, I'll never know they got money issues. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's not something that they felt like the need to try to put on me. It's not I'm talking about even as an adult. And guess what? Uh-huh. They don't know I have them either. Right. They don't know my stuff. That's the unless right. I'm coming to ask for help. Unless they're coming to ask for help, mm-hmm. which they don't do. <laughs> but no, they don't they don't share these things that's going on in their life. And it's like, cause what they got to do with me? Right. Right. I don't need you to be my friend and sh- and, and, and sharing what yeah. now as an adult again, there's a little bit more of that friendship there right. from with my parents. Of course. But still, there's still a level of my parents only know who I was dating. <laughs> then my mom said, I don't know if David ever gonna bring one home because I like you just never like like listen, if, if I ain't brought them to you, then that's a good sign. <laughs> you know? That's a good it sign. It is, it is. Cause I'm like, I ain't, you know. Yeah. If I ain't brought them to you, is a reason. <laughs> exactly. So don't worry about it. Right. Don't. Even, it's if, fine. If, if I ain't said nothing about right. nothing, trust me, ain't nothing going on. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's what we find. Like we have to have an a, a balance, and I think that has been the the most difficult part about me being a single mother as well is mm. not having a partner to bounce these things off. And I think right. a lot of single parents in general, yeah, like. Ugh, what role am I playing? Yeah. Like, like what am, what am I? Because it's multiple energies yeah. that you got to really balance, specifically yeah. whether it's a young lady or a young young man. Yeah. I, I mean, there's I, rites of passages as a um, young man. I'm so grateful she's not a boy because then I would have been like, man. I mean, and, and you think wait, you'd have been emasculated? I think I would be emasculating. And we've mm-hmm. talked about this when I was younger and we first met how you were like, your masculine energy <laughs> is so high. Yeah, like You have big dick energy. I did. And, and I, had, I mean, honestly, again, with this whole conversation with gender and stuff, I, I don't even know how to like really talk about it without being offensive right. about it. Because I just know what I know. Right. You know, and and but I know energy. Yeah. And there is a masculine and feminine energy. Yeah. And if you want a masculine man, and I'm talking about a masculine man the way we've been conditioned to think about oh masculine gosh, men. Please explain Because masculine please. men are very nurturing. Yes. And caring yes. and loving yes. and supportive. That idea that, like, I'm an alpha. Like, I just conquer everything. And it's all like I'm a Viking or something. Like, what are you talking about? It's a balance. It to is. me, there's a female male balance there's a male female balance we both have these energies in our bodies the question is which one are you tapping into right and if you're ma- if your dominant energy is like as a female and you're masculine then you're going to attract a more feminine, feminine man. man yeah and if that's what you like and if that's really your nature and you're okay with that then be okay with that yeah but if you know because if you know that's not your energy, because you would need someone, that's what I used to tell you, your energy is up here, <laughs> then you need somebody to come in to up here exactly. to suppress you. Yeah. Because yeah. cause, cause women at times, and they, you want to be suppressed, even though y'all say y'all, but y'all want to be. Absolutely. I want to use the word dominated, but where's the whole good guy thug come in at? Oh, I need a thug. Like, yeah, y'all do. 
<laughs> you want some Jeezy in your life, right? <laughs> like, right? You, yeah. you, you, you look at that. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah, that energy. The energy. And and you know, and that's that was hard because like when you're a single parent, you're like, what energy do I use? So right. I just took on all of it, right? Yeah. And I didn't know how to suppress and bring that down and find that balance even with myself. And I think. I guess overall what we're talking about is balance in general. Yeah. Right? Like how do you balance that your emotions? How do you balance uh the the relationship between parent and child, you know, ma- male and female energy um or feminine and masculine energy, let's just yeah. say that, okay? Yeah. And for me, it's I still have a have a hard time balancing the, that masculine energy and finding out and realizing that um you know, I personally don't really prefer feminine energy. I want, like you were saying, I personally want to feel. Um, and as we're talking about this, artist calling me, my dad, <laughs> whose energy is like straight up, <laughs> yes. straight up machismo, but with, exactly. with the nurturing aspect. Yeah. So what are you saying? But I was saying, like, for me, I I do want to feel safe. And I feel like the way I feel that safety is with the masculine energy, you know. And when I have that, it allows me to be feminine. Mm. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm always that way because right. I still find, you know, I have a hard time balancing that that um, aggression or that that will to want to take over, take control. Mm. And, and those are the things that I'm now dealing with. So... Okay, great. I got self-love, self-care. I've got all of that. But now I'm working on something different. I'm working on how do I be a good partner, you know, Mm. and how do I live the rest of my days? Because not, you know, I just turned 42 yesterday. Oh, yeah. And happy birthday. Thank you. And I love, I'm starting to love my birthday Mm. to the point where I look and I go, what did I learn last year? How far have I come since my last birthday? And I look at myself and I go, what do you need to work on for the next year? Because that, that was a really cool thing that I adopted from Sundance and ceremony is what are you working on this year for yourself? There's no New Year's resolutions thing, no nothing. It's literally my intention. What is my intention for this year? What is mm. my growth for this year? And that's who I've become now as the woman that I am today is going, okay, these are the things that I need to face about myself. I see them within myself. So yes, I've learned all of these things, but if you can't look in the mirror and go, okay, this is who you are and what you need to work on still, then you're not going to be very um, beneficial for the people around you, especially if this is the industry that you're in. And I am in the beauty industry. I am Mm. in the people industry, the connection, that, that how do you make people feel and, and how do you affect those around you? So I realized that I have a, re- a lot of responsibility and she's, you know, my daughter's going to become a woman in a year, you know, like she's going to be an adult, quote mm. unquote. <laughs> Doesn't mean you're an adult when you're 18. Man, listen, this, this, <laughs> these new adults. Oh, love. look, at, look how much it took us to become adults. Right. And now this new generation of adults is like was again, mentally, emotionally. Yeah. Like they have, but they have something that we didn't have, which is. Yo, they ain't playing around with doing stuff they don't want to do. Right, right. <laughs> this generation Z and down that they. Oh, I don't what? like go, it. Go, go, punch a, a clock for ten hours to make yeah. fifty dollars. Yeah, I ain't doing that. Even nope. when they don't got money, I'm not gonna do that though. Nope. They they not playing with that. That so so. 
that's cool if you have that, mm -hmm. but you still got to go in there and mold that with some principles and some understanding of long suffering. Yeah. Because that's the hard part that that's not, that's being missed. Absolutely. Is that this instant generation, instant gratification, gratification you know, like. There's no pressure on them to grow. That's the thing. And, that, and, and, and there it, won't be pressure if you jump from thing to thing and yeah. you don't learn. Mm -hmm. If you don't learn that, no, everything that you do, you got to pay a price. Yeah. You have to pay a price yeah. for everything. And sometimes it's your time. It's your, you working for nothing. And, you know, <sighs> that's the thing. Like, as a, as a business owner, you know, like, even that journey. Yeah. I'm like. I still go through it. Yo, what do you mean still? Like <laughs> shit. Like, um that we were going through they're connected. Everything that you that you create is a connection of you, an extension of you. So we were going through a healing journey and then we, we had these businesses and our businesses didn't grow until we grew. Mm, thank you. That is so true. They didn't. So true. I had to learn new skills. I need to have my ass handed to me yeah. numerous occasions yeah. from trusting people I shouldn't have trusted because yeah. they had some money and they were going to get me somewhere faster and I ain't really do due diligence, on, due diligence on them and now I'm in a lawsuit. Yeah. And now Gosh. I got somebody taking over my whole company because I allowed them to come into my LLC. Uh. And now they want me to pay all their legal fees, and I lose because I'm a black guy. Me and two black guys, me and my dad, and we are up against a white surgeon. You know? Mm -hmm. Did you think I was gonna win that? And I really think about that, talking about that loud. That I didn't. Nobody wins in that either, in yeah. terms of lawsuits and stuff. Only people who win in that is the actual lawyers, lawyers who's making money. Now I had to learn that. Yeah. To the point now where me and my mom, we do our own. Uh, we support ourselves legally because she used to she used to work at Detroit Edison in the legal department. No, and I had to I had to fight off a lawyer recently about something. And by the time I sent them all over the documentation that I had, that turned totally different in our favor because documentation beats conversation. Oof. And I had to learn in business. Uh, no, don't just say that to me verbally. Send me an email because I need a, I need a trail. Yep. You know? Even even the way that I speak to my clients, everything is over text, and they think I want to have a, a. I said you can have a consultation over text. I said, but everything has to be an email. I mean, a consultation over FaceTime, but everything else has to be an email, and it has to be text. Because let me tell you how many times I've had to screenshot something. And it's something that to somebody said exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that saved but, my. But I no no no. <laughs> And you know it's it's like this like this whole thing like the whole the whole pressure and the growing and how do you how do you prepare for that and how do you you know she, like I said she's she's different she's like I want to get a job I want to get a job and I'm like I know you do and I know when you do when you get a job you're gonna do you know you're gonna work hard and you're gonna do great I said but right now r your focus is she wants to be an actress she wants to get into theater she wants to do all these things that I personally. I pour into that. That's your mm -hmm. passion. Mm -hmm. I pour. Yeah. I pour. But what you have to give me back is you got to work 100%. I'm not going to do the 110% thing, but I'm going to say 100%. I have to see the effort. 
the more effort you make, the more I pour. Yeah. Right? Once once I see you start being lazy and you let it go, uh-uh, you get nothing. Like we go back to mm. you get to go to school every day. So I think for me, because I knew what that pressure felt like, I feel like maybe I can translate that in a certain way. Like, okay, I will feed it one passion and you need to work on that passion for a year and if you don't like it then we let go yeah. that happened with ballet with p- piano and then back to ballet and then to theater and then like it was all of these things and yes i did give her her the opportunity to experience all these different things but i was like you need to invest first you need to invest that year. And I don't, I think we go, oh, they don't like that. Okay, let's go on, move on to the yeah. next thing. And that's where, because it's like everything's accessible, everything. And I understand what Gary V says too, what he's talking about in terms of like, oh, you're young and you need to try a bunch of stuff. And I did try a bunch of stuff, but it's not, you're not going to be successful until you stick with something. Yeah. Absolutely. Because you got to know the ins and outs of it. You got to have a foundation. And this is another thing I taught her. I said, even though this is your passion and you absolutely love it, I can already now, right now, guarantee 50% of that, you're going to hate it. You're going to be like, I hate waking up this early. I hate that I I ate Mm -hmm. one meal today. I hate how tired I am. I haven't slept. I can't do homework. I'm exhausted. Why am I doing this? You know, and that's the thing. Like when you have your passion and you find your happiness, there's still so much more work that goes into it that you're not going to like. And uh, live your purpose. And I I do stuff that's very purposeful with my business. It's Mm -hmm. like, oh, we're helping people and Mm -hmm. changing people's lives and all those things. You, you, You think that that stopped it from being tough? Right. Exactly. That was probably just the saving grace of it why it, it never stopped. Yes, absolutely. But I've had eviction notices on my door. Yes. I've I've gone through a lot of stuff with this business, man. I was really going through the whole process in my mind the other day. Like me and my dad, we in early on, we we had We've tried to do a lot of things, and we had some failures and some successes, but you're going to have way more failures than you ever do success. Absolutely. And if your nervous system is being shielded from failure and rejection, yeah. and you don't know how to process that, then you'll take that as, it don't work, let me move on. Right. And sometimes you know you need to learn when to switch gears, right? Yeah. But you switching gears and ain't this ain't even the fourth quarter. Can I ask you something? Do mm-hmm. you have any, like your demographic, what is it mostly? Like your age demographic? Right now it ranges. It's a range from about 24, 25 up to about 50. That's, that's huge. But those are those are people that are paying for their own and coming in and like, yeah. oh, that's dope. But do they bring their kids? They're starting to now because I just posted a picture of what if a kid, because, you know, I never really promoted that we train kids. Okay. But you, you've known that. I know. You've known that forever. Right. But I kind of got away because, you know, my thing is don't bring your kid in if you're not willing to come in. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I get I, you know? I 100% get that now. Yes. Because, yes, we trained my nephew, but we didn't train we his didn't, parents. You ain't trained the surrounding. Yeah. He was just a byproduct of everybody else. Right. Right. You know? And But that makes me curious because my first thought was... I want to bring Valencia to get brain trained. That's mm. why she came with me. Because mm. at first she was like, I'm just going to, you know, stay. I have some Halloween parties to go to mm. and stuff. And I'm like, 
okay. And then all of a sudden, she's, I says, well, would you be interested in brain training? And she remembers, obviously, everything that, you know, she's seen firsthand, mm-hmm. but also she's experienced through me and how it has helped me. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, actually I am. So it's like, you know, one of those things where, yeah, I have worked on myself. Now let's bring her in. So is that something that you're kind of focusing on the parents first and then? I, I've really been focusing on the adults. Yeah. Because I'm like this. Everybody who thinks about and they see Inception, oh, it's the first mental health jam. Great. Oh, and the first thing they think of is so-and-so needs this and so-and-so needs this and so-and-so needs this. <laughs> but they don't say I'm it I'm like, themselves. you going down this track about everybody else who need this because something wrong with all of them, but you good. <laughs> oh, my God. You're yeah. in the, of course. If one... Are you the stimulus that's causing them to be where they are? Mm, are you? Oh, okay. Are you the receiver yeah. of it? And it could be one or the other or both. Right. You're enmeshed into that anyway, yeah. whether it's your kid or whatever. So come, you put your oxygen mask on first and come and start doing your work. And if they happen to come along the way, great. But if they don't come along the way, great. Right. Because that's not your responsibility. No. No. That's their responsibility. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. People be funny. They're like, Dave, I'm going to come over and check you out. Don't come check me out. Just come. Don't check me out. You're not checking me out. <laughs> don't come for me. <laughs> oh, man, I need to get over there to your place. Don't 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 tell me what you need to do with yeah. my place to think you're supporting Inception. Don't so, don't support Inception because it's not about you supporting Inception. Uh-huh. It's about you coming in to support you. That's There's amazing. a value exchange. Mm-hmm. So you're not coming to Inception to just support Inception and there ain't no value. Right. Also, like if you really start to break down what we do and, and you've been around for mm-hmm. all these years, you notice equipment is not cheap. No. You go no. out to Cali. See, I have it grouped in circuits now mm. where you can do you do three services in nine, a 90-minute time frame, and it's $99, Angelica. What? It's $99. So if a person says, you know what, I'm going to do, they do the magnetosphere, they do the brain training, you want to opt out, I don't want to float. Oh, what can I substitute it with? Nothing. Because two of those services combined yeah. is more you know, oh, that wow. you're not seeing the value in. You're mm-hmm. devaluing it. Because if you go out to California, you go to you go to Dave Asprey's place, the mm-hmm. bulletproof executive, you're gonna spend up to fifteen hundred to three thousand dollars a month to use the same type of equipment. What? But you'll come in and you're ninety nine dollars and you'll devalue it. Don't devalue this. Yeah. I was gonna say don't devalue my stuff, but ain't my stuff it's you're not. devaluing. You devaluing yourself. Absolutely. Because everything else you go do and you spend money on. I mean, in three days I can spend ninety dollars on DoorDash. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. That shit is expensive. <laughs> it is. <laughs> so so it's really a it's a it's a mindset shift yeah. that needs to happen. Mm-hmm. So when these people think about healing, think about you. Yeah. Because if some food came on the table, you wouldn't think, oh, so-and-so, I'm going to go take this to so-and-so first. No, you're going to be sitting up there eating it. Mm, this is amazing. <laughs> and then you're going to tell it. Yeah. Why Why is it that when it comes to our health, we do the backwards-ass experience where mm. any of the experience I have, I saw that movie. It was amazing. You should go see it. You saw it? Yes. It was amazing. 
hey, I learned about this place called Inception. Yeah. It's you should go. Have you gone? No. Then why should but I go? you should go. <laughs> right. Like what? <laughs> but you you because it's you. You the messed up one. Right. It's, it's you. <laughs> not me. I'm, I'm not good. the messed up one. I'm good. And so this that mindset too yeah. there. This that mindset. You're the messed up one. Yeah. No, if you really start to learn it, and, and again, we've seen it. No, nah, we are. We all messed we up. We are all <laughs> messed up. All messed up. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, and that's what's hard about social media, too, is like, that's where you get like these trolls who are like, judge, judgy, 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 point fingers, point fingers, point fingers. And I'm like, oh, we all kind of did all of this. At one point in our lives, and it could be anything. We have all been negative. We've all been prejudiced. We've, we've all been all lied. Yes, we've we all lied. Cheated, exactly. We've all manipulated. Absolutely. We've all, you know, we hide. We pretend. We put on masks. We mm-hmm. do everything. Like we've all done it. We're all the same in how we yeah. react to pain. How we react to joy. Well, not necessarily joy, but definitely how we react to pain. Yeah. And and let me put it on the side, too, because, because you know, I, I talk about from the women's aspect because I'm a man and that's what's being promoted to me. And so I'm seeing a lot of the, the, oh, the, the you know, the cosmetic stuff, you know, because mm-hmm. that's what's being promoted to me as a man. Now, for wow. the for the. Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> and unless you change your feed up, which I've done recently, um, where I, stopped, I don't know how you I, do that, meaning I don't I don't follow the 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 beauty models and the Instagram models and stuff because because ah. once you start to interact with those pages they send you more of that okay and for me it's like I'm not going to a buffet where I can't eat <laughs> <laughs> you're like eh seriously <laughs> yeah I, I was never I into that. like strip clubs or yeah. or Playboys it's like well, well this not real <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not spending my right, money right <laughs> it's not real. So, but if you go look, the, the men, we deal with it on, in a totally different way yeah. than women do. But mm-hmm. it's on equal sides. Yeah. Men suffer from body dysmorphia. And my, I ain't big enough. Uh, dudes be this, how much you bench? Like, I remember that back in the day. Like, how much you bench? Like, what? am I in a, a weightlifting competition? <laughs> Just out of the blue. How much you bench? How tall are you? How much you weigh? And it's what? like, am I, on, am I on display to be sold? Oh you know gosh, what I'm saying? Like that, that's but so that's, weird. These are the questions that other men used to ask each other growing up because that's a those that's your those numbers were about well how strong are you mm-hmm. what can you fight and all these people learning MMA and taking gun classes and ain't nobody shot nobody ain't nobody fought nobody <laughs> <laughs> exactly who you shot <laughs> you got the shotgun you got the laser scope you you know jujitsu you can put them in chokeholds and you. That's a zombie apocalypse. And it's like, who you fought? You <laughs> fought nobody. But we we preparing for something that ain't even happened. Yeah. Because, again, that that represents a, a machismo. Yeah. You know, and I, again, now for MMA, that's, I, I, think there's, I think there's a lot of, to be learned with mixed martial arts and self-discipline. Like the Gracies and people like that, I think you were into yeah, MMA was. for with like uh, jujitsu. I think that. Oh yeah, even Valencia yeah, was in jujitsu. Yeah, so I think what you learn from those things are just—it's it, like you know what it is. It's like um, it's like a uh, 
controlled environment of training the nervous system. Ooh, yeah. Because you get to experience the fight, flight, freeze in a, in a very safe type of environment. Because yeah. you're going to activate and oh, get yeah. this dude off me. You Like, you know, mm-hmm. like that. I think those things for men are really good. I think going yeah. and learn those type of skills well, just because just so you can fight somebody is a totally no. different thing. Um, but I remember recently my daughter was saying like the um, she was like around some of the guys. I gotta take these earrings off. It was squishing my ear. Um, she said that one of the boys had just like you know like came at her to see what she could do and she flipped him around and you know put him in a hold and mm. he was like whoa and he's six foot something mm. and you know you got her and she can defend herself and it's quick yeah it's there it's inside and mm. i remember like you know when her fr- her father first talked about it i was like yeah that would be really cool like i didn't think that it would affect and and be as helpful as it is because i thought well, what if she's not really interested in this? Like, there's she's 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 fighting a bunch of boys. Like, what if she doesn't like? You know what I mean? Like mm. all of that. And I so that was where my brain was at. Is I was trying to protect her. Like, well, what if she doesn't like it? And that's you know. Yeah. Luckily, I had him to go. Okay, this is going to be good for her. She has to dedicate a year. And so for some of the things, you know, him and I were on the same page in that way, and it did help. But like as I was saying, like she, it did benefit her. Mm. But after that year, she was like, "Okay, I want to do ballet," <laughs> you know. And, but it stayed. I think that's cool as a young age, though. Absolutely. When you when you're in that environment, you can start to pick up those skills and learn. Oh yeah. And um, you know, again, as you start doing, um, you know, you get in space. Like I got into salsa, and that had I changed know. my life. You know, and that's something I was going to tell you too. Tell huh? me. Yeah, you know, you know. No, I knew you were doing it, but how did I want to know? Like, how has it helped you? Um, So when we talk about male, female, or lead, follow, um, that's been very important. Mm. Like to be able to go and like I have to like dancing with a woman. Is it intimidating? No, 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 no. It is in the beginning. Okay. Cause you don't know you 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 got to take this person and and you got to give her the dance of her life, <laughs> but also you have to take in the fact that she might not be able to dance to your your skill level. Mm. So there's a there's a there's a constant dance that's happening within the two of you, yeah. and the leader, as quote you call unquote. it, <laughs> quote unquote, because the leader is not really a leader. Because guess who? If you really start to get into dance, who am I? Who am I being led by? Me. I'm the being one, led the by woman. the music. Oh, I'm like the woman. Because you, here's when I first started to learn salsa is they said, anytime I messed up, I'd go, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. And he'd be like, it's you're always, always right. It's always the man's it's fault. It's his fault. Yes. It's not yours. Yeah. You're always right. Because so, the signal is not clear enough. So if right. I try to turn you and you didn't get that signal, you have to be able to interpret the, the message that I'm sending to you to be able to move. Right. So if I'm giving you a false you know, turn or I'm like not very confident where I'm trying to move you. Now, in the beginning, I was very, you know, I'm passive. I'm not really sure. Like, oh, do I want to move you here? Because one, I don't have myself figured Mm. out. So I practice a lot by myself. Mm -hmm. Get that understanding. Now you bring another person in. Now, even if you aren't that skilled, I can move you around. Mm. I can manipulate you around. But it feels better when you actually have yourself figured out 
and then we come together, and that's an amazing dance. I love this. So that's where I yeah. get that idea. I think I think all men and women should get into some type of lead follow dance. Um, even if, even if you aren't, even if you are not heterosexual, because mm-hmm. they they have that in that too. It's still a lead follow. So the question is, who's going to do the leading following? Right. But we've been always confused about. Well, I don't need him to lead me. Or I don't need her to. You know, mm-hmm. it's just it's about who's interpreting, who's sending a message, and who's interpreting that message. Mm-hmm. I'm the sender of the message, and you're interpreting the message. Right. So wow. it's not about lead, follow, it's send, communication. receive. Yeah, it's communication. Yeah. And it's knowing how to, when in the beginning too, I dance with someone who was way better than me, mm. and she helped me, Lucia. And when I danced with her, I was way better than what I thought I was. What? Until I went and danced with somebody else, and I was like, yo, I suck. Oh, no. Because she made it for all my inefficiencies. Oh. Because she was so good and she was so trained. So she made it for my inefficiencies because of that. I'm seeing a lot of analogies here. Yeah. So, so, but then when I got to the place where I can dance with her and she's like, hey, come and, come and dance with David. Feel his lead. I feel like, yo, I'm accomplished at that point. Because, because the master, the one who, like she's saying, this lead is good. This is a good lead. This was a good dance. This was a good feeling. That's so amazing. we're going down a whole rabbit hole of this whole journey and this conversation, just really getting to the same pl- place is that going through the journey. Mm. That's one thing that we have not stopped doing. Mm-hmm. And then all these other things we're talking about, we just add it and we working to add these things to ourselves to add more value along the journey. But along the way, you have to take that cup we talked about. Yeah. If you want to continue going, you can't take everything with you. Mm. So you have to release and pour out to begin to take in more, wow. to process and integrate. It's so funny. I was watching Avatar the other day. One of my favorite movies of all time with the blue people. And uh, I remember she said, um, I think it was the the mother who was like the spiritual person of mm. the of the tribe or whatever they're called. And she was saying, um, let's see if we can, uh, what did she say? I can't remember how to say See, I told you I'm really bad at telling jokes or actually repeating stuff. But it was something about in the essence of how can we fill a cup that's already full? Mm. And can we cure your your insanity, mm. you know, and I, and, and that's what I, you just made me think about just now is like pouring out to let back in. And I didn't even think about that because that, you remember how I told you that that one saying stuck, has stuck with me. Yep. Now I'm going to think about it even differently and go, let me pour this out so I can get some more. Like what else, what else do I need to mm. reset my life and do? And right now I'm in a transitioning period as well, because I recently just moved again. I was like, it's mm. time to go. It's time to get up, move, and 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 this doesn't necessarily mean that for everyone. Like, yeah, no, no. It, but for me personally, mm. it was another transition. Let me see how if I have what it takes to open up another market in another city. Mm. Right, that's just me, my growing pain. So right now, I'm going through growing pains. I am 
stretching muscles I've never stretched before, or at least stretching them further. And I am finding really amazing things about myself that I wouldn't have known had I been just stuck in that one place yeah. where I have been comfortable now. I've been comfortable for five years growing, but comfortably. And here I am, I have another opportunity. Do I take this opportunity or do I stay? So I said, I'm the, I, you know, when people are like, I can't believe you did that. I can't believe you did. And I'm like, we can all do it. You just have to make up your mind to do it. Well, you can't. So we're going to end with this. Tell me. It's, a, it's, a, it's an important message is that when um, Jesus, he was walking, he was a rich man who wanted to follow Jesus. Mm -hmm. And he said, all right, you want to follow me? Give up all your possessions. Mm. The rich man didn't do it. Mm. Because... He wanted to take in this newness that this person, this master of the universe, let's call it like that. Not he, man, but <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to take in his wisdom right. from this person who's healing people, people being raised up from the dead, all this stuff. But he couldn't leave all that prized possessions. That was more important to him, mm. which is fine for Jesus. But he's saying... For what I'm trying to show you, you can't you can't come with that. You gotta right. let that go to be able to take in his newness. Yeah. And there's another verse that says you can't pour new wine into old wineskins. It's all about adding the space, pouring out that cup, and then you can allow newness to come in. But that's a whole process. Yeah. You experience, you process, and you integrate. Till next time, guys. You've been listening to the Inner Wealth Podcast on EYL. Theme song produced by Be Ready for West Coast Creations. I am Razcast, reminding you to take action, be proactive, be congruent, get out of the matrix, get your mind right. We've automated mental health at inception. Join the movement. Inner Wealth Podcast. Inner Wealth Podcast. Inner Wealth Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.